0: Welcome back, everyone, to Rent Spotlight Entertainment. Um, Alexis here, joined by another Alexis. This one is Moreno, and then her brother, David Francisco. They have just returned from the great land of Japan, and here they are, here to rub it in our faces. Um, <laughs> this week, we have um, kind of a laundry list of things we need to get to, because we haven't had a chance to really chime in, Um, and I I think, I don't know, it didn't seem that they were in Japan that long, but a lot of things kind of (laughs) dropped while they were away. That includes a lot of trailers, and that also includes a lot of films that have opened, and I understand that both of them have really gone out of their way to see as many movies in the last couple of days when they came back um, on stateside. So the films that we're going to be getting into this week include... The Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe, AIR, that's the latest Ben Affleck directed film starring him alongside Matt Damon and others, Super Mario Brothers, which is only the film that everybody in the world is seeing right now, Um, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which nobody is seeing right now, and then John Wick Chapter 4, which I guess the fans saw and I don't know. And then as far as trailers are concerned, well, there were plenty of them. And then, well, I mean, it really wouldn't be a podcast if it wasn't for Star Wars, right? We're going to be getting into all the latest coming out of that. I think I touched on that in one of the recent episodes. Uh, These initial reactions as it was going down. But here we have a couple of weeks removed and we're going to get into it. All that here and more on Red Spotlight number 442. So guys, um there's been a lot that's happened um and it seems that at some point you made the decision to see a lot of movies back to back to back so when did that kind of like did you guys like leave thinking you were going to come back and jump straight into that or at one point did you like think okay we need to see as many movies as possible um how did that come about especially like you're in japan and then you come back and like the first thing you do is like jump into all these films what kind of like drove that
1: um it was me <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, the short
2: answer it was you <laughs> honestly i thought we were just gonna watch maybe one or like two maybe three movies but then we saw like the list of things that like, were coming out three wait what
1: <laughs> nothing continued
2: um but uh but then we saw like the list of things that were coming out where we're kind of like oh shoot we don't know how much longer these movies are going to be in theater? Playing, yeah. yeah, And so we just tried to rush as many as we could, but at some point, though, we got tired, and we couldn't see all the ones that we really to wanted to. To be fair,
1: to. <laughs> that was me also. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing was that there was a lot of movies that I really wanted to see. Um We started off with six movies. We saw half of that. <laughs> <laughs> but we added one more. Good. <laughs> um... And there are a few movies that are not going to be there anymore, so I'm kind of bummed about it. But it's fine. What were those? But also, why we didn't go see them was because jet lag is has been horrible to me. Um, I've never experienced this before. You, you look
0: jet lag right now. <laughs> Honestly, you
1: I, do. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me. Literally, I could not sleep all night. This whole week. Oh. So there would be like two days in a row where I would only take like a two hour nap in between and then stay up all night because I, I was like fully awake at night. It was so bad. So yesterday and today we were supposed to go watch, uh, no, Friday and Saturday we were supposed to go watch movies, but yesterday I woke up. I, I stayed in bed literally all day. Like I didn't get up till like maybe five in the afternoon.
0: Oh <laughs> God.
1: So that's been my life um, that we did get to see some movies. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you were you
0: were able to get to some of them, which is good. I mean, but, you know, David is correct when he said, well, look, um, well, before you had left, what was the last film you went to go see? Were you together John or w- separately?
2: You saw John Wick before you left? Oh, no, that was the one that we were supposed to like that we wanted to see. But uh
1: well, first of all, he went to go see it without me, without telling me.
2: Oh, I see.
0: Wow.
1: And so, yeah. That was the last. He said, his, he said, I didn't think you wanted to see that, even though I went to all the movies. <laughs> Whatever.
0: <laughs> okay. So, this was before you, I guess, had left for the
2: trip. Uh-huh.
1: This was, no, he saw it, like, on Tuesday. Okay.
0: So, this is after. Okay. I mean, before you guys left, what was the last movie you saw in theaters?
2: Um, 65, I think.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. I forgot that even came out. Mm -hmm. Because there have been some other films that, you know, at one point did interest me, and then I just didn't get a chance to do so. So, 45 was one of them. The other one was Cocaine Bear. Um, Mm -hmm. Didn't get a chance to see that one either. Um, But of the ones that I've had, I think I've been okay. I haven't been doing too many. This week, actually... Um, because I had the week off, uh, I was able to go see three of them. That includes Mario, Air, and Dungeons and & Dragons. But before then, I was able to see John Wick, and then... I feel like I'm missing one. But, but before John Wick, it was Shazam and Um Creed 3, which I've already talked about on here. So that kind of brings us back up to speed. But the point is... We're kind of in the middle of April right now, and starting in May, things. There's so many things
1: there's so well there's like, so many things, things right now right i mean like, yeah that's <laughs> a, like another thing like i didn't realize like all these things are coming out but then i was like yeah like we talked about this and this is gonna happen it just <laughs> sneaks
0: up on you like it's like so much is happening and i think um as we've expressed on this podcast a number of times like the older we get the more busy we seem to get and so things are happening in our like personal lives or our you know, work lives that are all encompassing and then by the time you even have a chance to like think about what's happened, oh wait a minute now we're in this month and we're close to this movie and actually we're close to a number of movies happening, mm-hmm. right? So um thankfully I think the rest of this month seems to be pretty open and clear however when we get to the first week of May, we like really get things started with the the finale, The Guardians of the Galaxy, which has been a movie that's been long in the making. Like There was a point in time where of we didn't think we would actually get this movie because, you know, shenanigans happened behind the scenes where he was fired for stupid reasons. Well, maybe not stupid reasons, but the way in which he was fired and who that came from was rather suspect. And well, I mean, it ended up working out in James Gunn's favor because not only did he end up directing the suicide squad and and doing peacemaker which both were great things in and of themselves but now he's the head of dc studios so i guess things ended up working out really well for him in the end but that movie and all of the marketing in that movie guardians 3 is just like laying it all on the table and it is sureing up to be um a great and emotional movie so and i mean the the anticipation is there for sure it's been since 2017 since there's been the since the last guardians movie mm-hmm. so that one's just like off the bat like a big one and then not even i think in the following and, and you be sure to correct me if i miss one but like it's not anticipated for us and we're not gonna see it because we don't give a shit but that same month fast and furious comes out so it'll be <laughs> a And I hate when these things happen, because that's going to be a big eyesore, you know? It's like, I don't care about it, but everyone's going to see it, and then it'll get some talk for two weeks, and then we can forget about it. And then coming in June, I would argue, to me, is the most anticipated film of the whole year, which is Across the Spider-Verse, part one. I feel like they're still calling it that, right? Part one?
2: Um, I think it's just Across the Spider-Verse.
0: It's just Across the Spider-Verse? Okay, but... And we'll get into that trailer later on. But again, things are going to get so much busier. And then in June, I believe, is also Indiana Jones. And then by the time I get to July, we're going to get Barbie. And then the new Nolan movie, Oppenheimer, which is, of course, about a fucking explosion. Um, And then August, I want to say, what's happening in August? I I feel like I'm blocking one out. But I know in August, they're going to have the... um... Oh, wait a minute. Doesn't Blue Beetle come out? soon. And The Flash, yeah. Blue Beetle and The Flash are both in the summer space. In August, they have the animated um, TMNT um, movie, which looks pretty good, actually, um, based on that trailer. And the animation looked beautiful, too. Uh, So, there's a lot of, like, heavy hitters coming out. And I think what's different this time around than the last three years is it actually looks like, a regular summer movie season. like This looks the closest to what 2019 was, you know? Pre-COVID, and it kind of, like, derailed everything. Oh, I Mm -hmm. I guess I also forgot in there was a Pixar film, which, again, maybe I forget because the the company has done (laughs) itself no favors in, like, reminding itself that it actually makes animated products, and that, oh, I guess there's a movie coming out.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Um go figure so (laughs) all of that is happening like we're gonna get into um i want to say by june we're gonna get into a space where every single week there'll be a big movie happening that's why it's like it's good now to take in the time and catch up on all of these because what happens is if there's one you really want to get to and you don't get to it good luck trying to find a way to get back to that movie and at that point you're kind of like Well, considering how things are. And I
1: feel like because there's so many movies coming out, the space or the time that they're going to be at the movies is going to be very limited. That's the
0: thing, right? So it's like you're kind of like forfeiting seeing that film in a theater and you're going to end up catching (coughs) it either on premium video on demand or on streaming. But you're basically going to like find some way to watch it at home somewhere down the line, but not in your immediate like periphery. So yeah, I think you guys did good <laughs> considering like what's about to happen, um, and yeah, I mean we're kind of like I think we're we're okay. We we've had to like work around you know people's schedules, and and, mm-hmm. and um, obviously, and we're I don't know if you guys are gonna try to do this. Maybe not. Cause I think you already have had the chance to um, <coughs> see Return of the Jedi on theaters, but on uh, starting April twenty eighth. Uh, for one week, as was announced at celebration, to um you know celebrate the fortieth anniversary of the movie, they are going to put the film back in theaters and I'm hopeful um we're gonna have the chance to go and see that for ourselves um and then just a couple of days later, Guardian Street comes out.
2: actually, uh, you know what we're gonna that's gonna what's gonna play in our theater mm. on Tuesday? Um, mm. Superman the movie. Oh, seriously?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> 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 I'm so excited, <laughs> and I still want to watch. I think the movies that we left for last are still gonna be there next week, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm hoping that we get to them because really, the ones that I missed were John Wick and I, I forgot the Revenant. I think no.
3: That
0: was an old movie. Uh, mean yeah. Co- no, Renfield, okay, I mean, Redfield. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, <isn't>
1: it? <laughs> Sorry. But I mean I that's an to... example
0: of a jet lag brain if I ever saw it. Um <laughs> the difference I should note for anybody who's listening is of course that uh the different areas that we live in, like um we we just have the one theater here basically, and occasionally we'll dabble the Collectico 10 will have something <clears throat> random playing there, but you guys have a selection. From what I understand. You guys like...
3: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, w- with the selection comes theaters. Sometimes theaters play different kinds of films. And I think what you guys have mentioned, oftentimes they play old movies every now and then. So Superman the movie. Yeah, they have wow. a,
1: like, classic classic night or classic Tuesdays or something like that. And they'll usually have, like, the month of movies that they have. And it's always on Tuesdays. Um, but, yeah, I... I I, there was another one that they were going to show, but I can't remember what it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: no, but that one was the one that we were like, "Oh, okay, we have to go see this." I mean, yeah,
0: could you not? That's a classic movie. Um, the one of my favorite things about that film, and I think a lot of people's favorite thing, happens to be, um, you know, Clark um, and Lois Lane, and of course the theme. Well, the the whole score, but particularly the love theme that John Williams wrote for that was so, so good. Like I could listen to it on repeat is how good it is. Um, well, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> one thing that I know I'm not going to get a chance to do because it happens to be in the middle of the week, but I know I want to say that the AMC20 in um, San Diego is doing a Guardians marathon. Uh which god that would be amazing to see. 1 2 and 3. Um oh, man. The Guardians films are so like pivotal. Um like I I still have like I still remember not just the movies obviously, but just like the theater experience seeing those movies. Um Yeah been a while and so that's why we're kind of in the space um also for any you know a programming note for any of our listeners of course um i'm not sure david is your podcast still um running or are you on a hiatus of sorts
2: uh no uh we put out a new episode uh, this saturday um i had technical issues on my problem and so it came out a little bit late <laughs> oh okay that's fine yeah. okay so can you remind um people who are listening, is there a set
0: day for when the episodes drop, or they just kind of come when they come? No, they they
2: usually come out on Saturdays.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, what was the last uh, thing you discussed?
2: Uh, the Mario games. The games. <laughs> of <specifically>. course, right? <laughs> how topical. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, we just went through all the Mario games that we played. We even mentioned like Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers uh, and all that. Uh, yeah, I, even forget, one.
0: I even forget how many there are. Like, I know for me, I um, if I can recall, all the ones that I've played, of course, uh, the Super Mario's game on the Game Boy Color. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say there was also a version for it on on DS. I also played it there, but not as much as, as the one on Game Boy Color. That's the one I remember playing the most at that point. And then I also really loved Mario Kart, which I believe I had on both Nintendo DS and then for um, you oldsters out there like us, uh, who are decrepit at this point, remember something called the GameCube? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one that we would play a lot. Um, that's mm-hmm. one I would really get into. And, and then that's as far as I can recall, you know? But then there was so many other, like, games that I forget even existed that I was like, oh.
1: My favorite is Luigi's Mansion.
0: A lot of people love that game. I don't and think I ever like- played it.
3: Isn't it like Scooby Doo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Luigi's Mansion in a way?
3: Yeah. Like
0: yeah. or I hear like he's he's basically Ghostbusting. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. Okay. So yeah. Um did you end up um just out of curiosity, have you done an episode yet about
2: all the different Pokemon games? Uh we have not. We've planned we've talked about it, but we just haven't gotten around to it. Um yeah. No.
0: <laughs> just um because <clears throat> that was a, a big one as well. Yeah. Uh okay. And then as far as us, well, just recently we ended up dropping our uh top ten movies of twenty twenty two show that's live right now on the feed. Um and you know, it's me, Kyle, and Peter talking about our favorite films of the year. And if you know how those things go you shouldn't be surprised that it was near three and a half hours. So, I mean, that <laughs> and it didn't even feel that long, but then, you know, it ended up being that long, basically. Um, although one thing to correct for the record, um, now, I don't know, David, if you want to make that change now, but, you know, I did present the list that you gave me alongside our hours, but, um, you had mentioned that there was a latecomer that you just saw recently that you would want to change. Now, I'm curious, is there one that you would take out of the list that you gave me and swap in that one?
2: I think I would have taken out, um, Banshees.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit, really?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Wow.
1: With which one?
2: Uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris.
1: Ah. Yeah.
2: But, like, I mentioned, though, that, um, I I literally just saw it yesterday. And so, like, I don't know if I'm just kind of, like, recency bias. Yeah, recency bias and all that. And so, I don't know. It's it's still tough, though, because, like, even the top ten that I have now, like, it was hard to (laughs) come up with that.
0: Um, So, if I can – actually, I don't have to ask you. I have it right here. So, if I – you put Banshees at number nine. Yeah. Okay. So then, would you you're gonna put Harris at nine, or would you push down Puss in Boots to nine?
2: Uh, no. I just take out Banshees. Okay. Swap it, was, it in yeah. a clean swap out. Okay. So
0: yeah. that would mean that would be there at number nine. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. and I also see here on Letterboxd that you recently reviewed it. Um, or at least you you rated it. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about this one, and I briefly mentioned it. On the top 10 show, it didn't make it, but it barely missed out. Um, We'll see how that ages. Um, But Mm -hmm. but this one I've seen several times. And let me just go ahead and give you the description of the film. Did you see it, Alexis? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is directed by Anthony um, Fabian. And he hasn't really done anything remarkable before this. So I'm not going to mention it. Um, Anyway, here is the synopsis. Follow your dream. This is by Letterboxd, by the way. A 1950s <laughs> London cleaning lady falls in love with a... Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself. I do not know how to pronounce these words. Um, Dior? No. Not, not that one. A couture?
1: couture? Yes.
0: How do you know I was... Okay, How couture? <laughs> Haute couture? Uh, Dress by Christian Dior and decides to gamble everything for the sake um, of this folly. You know, I Universal I think should really be commended um, because they've been releasing a lot of um, great stuff recently, and a lot of like really diverse um, projects as well. You know, from Megan to Puss in Boots to Cocaine Bear to even the Rainfield movie that's out this week, and then of course here's Mrs. Harris, and then of course Violent Christmas or Violent Night, whatever it was last year. They've, they've really been investing in some interesting um, projects, and they've been taking some risks, and I think they've all paid off to varying degrees. But, you know, this movie, um, I absolutely was, like, captured by its charm, and at no point did it let me go. Um, just immediately, this film, it's like this lead character, like, played to perfection by Leslie Manville, who, if you're not... Are familiar with, she also played Cyril on Phantom Thread. That was one of Paul Thomas Anderson's recent films with Daniel Day Lewis. Um, and then more recently on The Crown, Leslie Manville played Princess Margaret on the fifth season. Um, and immediately what this movie feels like is like she welcomes you and then just like hugs you and then refuses to let you go at all costs you know and I think I also saw on on Twitter someone referred to this as like you know if if we think of Top Gun Maverick as the ultimate dad movie then maybe we can think of like Mrs. Harris as a mom movie of sorts you know Um, now I'm not sure if that's really all that descriptive of what you know that actually means but it's a comfort movie and it's kind of a comfort Mm -hmm. movie that we haven't had in a bit um but you know to suffice as i mentioned you know in that other podcast i was endlessly charmed by the the idea of this movie is that this you know this cleaning lady in the 50s is just the definition of like the nicest person you would want to meet and she kind of like walks into people's lives and is able to just brighten things up just by her being kind. And I don't know how anybody would be opposed to the idea of a movie like this. It kind of reminds me of I don't know if if it's like maybe a bit too um cliche to like make this comparison but you know it's at some points it, it her character does feel like a Mary Poppins of sorts, you know, like she just kind of like walks into people's lives and you know people just kind of can't help but not you know depend on her but she finds solutions so seamlessly to a lot of the, I don't know, issues that are happening in their lives. Um, but it also, I think, is helped by brilliant costume designing. Um I mean, I can't believe this lost the Academy Award. Like, I was like low-key thinking, like, if Cruella won, and it deserved to win, quite frankly, for costumes last year, then so should have mrs harris i want to say the same costume designer who did cruella also worked on mrs harris and i think it kind of (laughs) shows quite frankly so it's kind of ridiculous to me and at this moment i'm trying to recall what ended up winning for costume oh i remember it was black panther (laughs) which i mean yeah okay (laughs) sure I, i i can get it the one thing i didn't vibe at all with Black Panthers costumes was that ugly costume they gave the Guerrero's character Okoye. That was
1: the underwater one? Hmm. I don't know. No know. the
0: the uh
1: the whole suit right? Yeah, that was ugly. That was
0: ugly. Like just... mm, but I mean the costumes were incredible, but just the idea that the movie was get was able to make you just get excited excited for the amazing costumes and in the scenes that she herself felt so alive and seeing them just kind of like also you felt like you were sharing in that passion somewhat and also in you know films like this i don't think have a reputation for interesting you know tech craft but the way that the camera would lean in um and just like make the most out of like you know when you're seeing a new dress or like how she would feel on the inside when she would see something new combined with the amazing score like a really jazzy inspired score that kind of brought things alive as well um and of course the the color grading and the cinematography also speak for itself as well um and the supporting cast of characters um Isabel Huppert, um who is you know renowned in 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 France um she played not really an antagonist but some a, a bit of an adversary at first she played the head um boss at Dior who she didn't really vibe at first with with Harris um but it it was charming it was romantic at times it was beautiful i mean i don't know um sometimes a film doesn't necessarily need to be You know, I shouldn't say sometimes. A lot of the times, films don't have to be, like, world-breaking. They don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. What this was able to do, um, so few films, I think, can actually achieve in in a way that, you know, in in movies that try to do what this did, but just can't quite get there. Um, I loved it. And I think I've seen it, like, several times at this point. It's, It's just, it's a great comfort movie. That was my take on it.
2: David? Uh, No, yeah, you know that. (laughs) um, Like you said, it's a feel-good movie um, all around. Even, like, there's so many, like, coincidences that you can say that happens in the movie, but, like, you just don't care. Like, you're you're genuinely happy that this character, when something good happens to this character, and the things that she runs into, like, you know she's gonna, like, it's i mean it's just like that thing in disney where like or any like um any story where a little kid goes into like the the you know old grumpy person's life and you know they're gonna change something about their Mm -hmm. lives and all that that's her basically but it's an old lady (laughs) that you're following basically and so uh i mean yeah it's just it's a really good feel good movie all around um and I was just smiling the whole time. Yes, exactly. That's,
0: that's the feeling of it. You're just smiling the whole time. So it's like, how can you be, you know, dismissive of that? You know, so few films can actually accomplish that. And that, I think that's a rare feat. Mm-hmm. So quite interesting then. So then you would put this one at number nine in the top 10. Okay. That's, uh, that's a good. <laughs> I would say anyway, that's a good. Um, so. There is Mm -hmm. yes, Alexis. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just like trying to like remember what we were saying or talking about before Mrs. Harris, and that was like, oh yeah, the top ten. If you want to listen to what our our picks were, it's on this feed. Alexis, go ahead. I forgot you were there for a second. Um,
1: I love this movie so much. So so, some of my like most like favorite movies are the Audrey Hepburn movies. Mm. Those are like. If I go like a long while without seeing them, and then I'll rewatch them again, I'll like get mad at myself because I'm like, why haven't I watched this like regularly? Because I love these movies so much, and like my top two favorite ones are if you guys haven't seen them, you should because they're really good. But it's a uh, Sabrina and Funny Face, mm. which have to do with like going to Paris and falling in love and fashion and stuff like that. So like, it has a lot of the same themes. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, it's so good. And then I love watching movies where fashion is incorporated in it. Um, When I was younger, like, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So every time I see something like that, it just makes me so happy. And when it it presents itself, as like, especially here, when, like, the whole thing is that she wants a dress. Yes. She just wants a dress. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah. And, like, she goes for it. And, you know... The fact that people are like, "Where are you gonna wear this to?" Like, who cares? Like, that's what I want. It's gonna make me happy. I, like, you know, I haven't been happy in a long time, and this is just something that I want. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I love that. Not only th- I don't know. It was it was such a good movie.
2: I was gonna say not only like are there people who are like, oh, "Why do you wanna wear this?" You know, like, where are you gonna wear it at? But then everyone else though, like, that are on her side. They know exactly why she wants the dress and all that. Like, you know, they and then everyone loves the fact that there's someone here who actually wants a dress to look beautiful. You know, it's not Not just
1: to have it, not just mm -hmm. as like a material thing. You know what I mean? It's
2: like the thing in the menu, you know, like every rich person that's there. They're there because, it's like, yeah, it's the rich thing to do, <laughs> you know, and that's basically mm-hmm. what everyone else is. But then you have someone here that's like, no, I, you guys are making beautiful, beautiful things that are like, that make people feel good. And basically, and that's what she wants is like, she wants to feel good in this, but she also knows that she's going to look beautiful in it. And, it's and like, she made herself even and more she, valuable. She
1: ends up with Mr. Malfoy. <laughs>
2: that's right. <laughs>
0: I would get I was gonna say like she even like made herself far more valuable than any any of those other like um you know fake people because she actually brought cash with her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she and they were all like, we can't say no to this like this is fucking cash like you can't yeah. like you know back out of this
4: mm-hmm. for yeah. sure,
0: <laughs> but even even in in instances where it's like you know they got mad at her because she was late, but then like they offered her like okay, how about I just make it myself? And then mm-hmm. you just join us. And it's like, the film is so infectious. It doesn't yeah. matter what it does. Like, you're just on it. And then you also, you feel her lows, right? Like, even early on, like, when she realizes that all this time, her husband's been dead. <laughs> she's reading and it's like, fuck. And then when she's on that bridge and then like, she's like, says goodbye, like, oh, my
1: God. I know. And then even...
0: Uh, Oh, and when dude he-
1: when she when she gave that dress away, we and David were so pissed off. We were like, "Bitch, you better not give her right? the fucking dress!" Yes. Oh my god. And then she ended up
0: doing that, but then of mm-hmm.
1: course and she and like literally the worst <laughs> thing that could happen happened. <laughs> oh that my bitch. god.
0: Um, and she fucking ruined it. But um, yeah, and I don't know, I just really was all for it every every second of the film and i you know i really have to say alexis you're so right about you know this idea that this person all she wanted was just i don't know she doesn't have to justify why she wanted it but Mm -hmm. every time like not every time but a lot of people keep asking like why would somebody like you want something like this like what are you going to do with it anyway like all the implications of like Clearly, you're not somebody who is going to make the most out of this. So, in theory, you have no business being here. You have no business wanting this. And it's like, I don't know. It kind of also speaks to how all of us have like different kinds of interests in our lives. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, sometimes we're surrounded by people who would love to question why we love something, and it's like, I'm sorry, did I ask for you to ask me about why I have to justify why I want this? No, I don't need to justify myself to you. This is what I want. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. Like, and I feel every person is entitled to that, whatever it is that they like, and not having to ask like or answer like endless questions about like and usually those kind of questions are asked sometimes it can you know correlate with people in our life whether it be in our you know working capacities or our, our home lives but sometimes they are asked by people who mean it and ask it in a very judgmental way
1: yeah and like at least in like in my experience it's it's mainly people who who, like, limit themselves to things that they can do. Like, for example, a trip, you know. I- I'm sure that they don't mean it in this way, but it comes off in this mm-hmm. way. Where they're like, how, like, how are you guys going there? Like, I don't know. Something stupid, like, um, or, like, when they say, like, oh, it must be nice. Like, you know, like, shit like that. Mm. Oh me! I got like that. That pisses me off because it's like you could do it too. I know most of the people that I work with, you know, obviously like they have kids, so that's like a big thing as to why they justify not going or not being able to go. And that and that's true. Like especially if they're little, you know, I understand that it's hard. But like I have things too. Like I have, you know. Things that I have to pay for, you know, responsibilities and stuff. But the difference is that I prioritize what I want to do, you know. And I understand things come up and all these things. And I am saying this without having kids, without that, you know, living through that. But it's like, you can do these things. You just, I don't know. I think that we're made to believe that we need to have, have to limit ourselves and the things that we enjoy and stuff and that's not what it's about like
2: mm-hmm. no um at my work i got asked like so are you just going to japan for fun and i'm like yeah <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she, she wasn't saying Wait it like
1: minute, what, what kind of no, question I know, is that I know like they don't mean it in a bad way yeah, yeah, no, but it's it like, wasn't in a
2: bad way but... but like when i said like yeah i'm just yeah i'm just going and she's like that's awesome like she was like she just couldn't believe that I'm just gonna go for it, you know, go to completely different place, go to Japan of all places, you know? And and so yeah, it's just he you just gotta go for it on shit, you know?
1: Yeah. Like I I know that this one uh person that I work with, she did not she knew that I was leaving, but she didn't know where I went until I came back and she was like, So like where did you go? and I said, Japan and she's like, Who does that? Like <laughs> who who apparently gets to nobody that to yeah <laughs> and it's like it's just it's so crazy and like i don't know it's just so weird like the way that like people i don't know not judge but like you know approach you because of certain things you know yeah
0: i don't know it, it, you can also say that part of at least uh, with what you're saying, Alexis, part of the um, what's baked in, you should I should say, with like the people who ask those questions, is understandably and as you mentioned yourself just now, um, while it, it could and it very much is harsh to say that they limited themselves by having kids, the facts are the facts, and it's harder for people who have small children to yeah. be able to do what you did, but at the same time. Guys, it's not, and it shouldn't be, like, unfathomable to anybody that someone, a young person like you, um, that may be the only time we've ever acknowledged you as a young person, so take that for what it is
3: (laughs) on this podcast,
0: (laughs) but um, that a young person like you would choose to, I don't know, actually take advantage of the fact that. You're young and would want to go to places that most people would, you know, not be able to do in your position. But it's like, maybe they're they're just like thinking of the idea that, well, I don't know, for at least the generation that came before us that are our parents, and we've discussed this at some point before on this podcast, they're very used to the idea of people who are our age- Already being tied down, having kids, having all these like functions and and obligations to that. And I know it's, I don't want to say it's weird. I'm just saying that, at least how I feel, we are, I don't know, thinking maybe more critically about how it is we want to spend our young years because... I have younger cousins, or actually cousins who are, I think, like uh, about a year younger than me, and one that's like three years younger. And they both just had babies for the first time around the same, like about about five months ago. Um, and I'm like, I don't want that anytime soon. I'm sorry. It's not because, um, I wouldn't want that. Well, there's a that that in and of itself is a complicated question because like would. It's daunting to put yourself in charge of another person's life. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And that shouldn't yeah. be an easy thing getting into. But it's like the trade off is having to commit your whole self to that person's life. Always. Now, I don't say most, if not all, parents do this. So, you know, there are parents out there that oftentimes put themselves ahead of their children but you you get into this like mindset and this mentality where everything that you do has to be in service of them and in some ways you stop believing your
1: life you know and yeah which is not not no healthy either you know so that's that's too much uh codependency mm -hmm. to put on a small child yeah and like i understand why you know people do that like obviously you know you you like need to take care of your kid but to stop living your own life which is what most people do yeah like that's crazy to me Mm -hmm. and and i don't know if that's right or wrong because again i don't have kids i don't know our
2: parents sure as hell you know didn't stop living their life (laughs) when they had us
1: no they didn't (laughs) and you know and and my mom especially would get judged a lot because of that. You know, they they went to on trips when we were like babies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like we don't remember, we that. Don't remember like- that.
2: The <laughs> the funniest story they keep telling us is that they literally had a savings, they try to save up for a house and then one day uh, friends of theirs were like, Yo, you gotta go to Cancun someday and my dad was just like, Let's dip into the savings and go to Cancun
1: <laughs> like, like... Hey, Cancun is great. we well, Look at where we are now. Mm-hmm. Cancun you know? is great.
0: So, like, how am I going to judge yeah. that? Like, yeah. In
2: you got yeah, to me- live your life, people. You got to live your life.
1: My mom, the first time that she went to Europe was, I want to say, 2014, 2015. And she felt so guilty because she was going during Christmas and New Year's. And she was going by herself with her cousin and one of her friends. Mm-hmm. So she felt guilty that we were one, that it, it was during the holidays and that she was going by herself. But all of us were like, Go for it. Why would you not go? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have the opportunity to go, why would you not go? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that we would stop you from going? Mm-hmm. If my dad would have said no, I would have been pissed off because that's like something that they still do, mm-hmm. which I I understand why they do it, but it like some... Mm-hmm irks me that like they have to ask for permission to go places. And like, I understand, like, it's obviously like, she's going across the world, whatever. But like, if he would have said no, like, I would have been like, I would have been upset at him, because why are you stopping somebody to do something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's funny now, because I um, I have two co-workers who have been talking to me about like going on trips and they've never gone anywhere, blah blah blah. And one's an older lady, and then one's like a year older than me. And I convinced both of them to go, or at least I somewhat influenced them to good, <laughs> to good. book the trips, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like I don't know. It's it it pisses me off when people are so judgmental, and that that's- it makes others like not do what they want to do. And that's kind of
0: a key thing is a lot of people in general um, don't do things that they want to do because they're never encouraged to do. Seemingly, they have Mm -hmm. a lot of people in their lives and it could be that they're very well intentioned people, but they kind of steer them in a direction of like crushing responsibility and choosing that always instead of like what you would want to do to make yourself happy in that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like for me and for anybody in general you should do in life what makes you happy now please do not misconstrue that as like being irresponsible (laughs) or like crappy or a piece of shit i'm just saying it's like look all of us have a lot of responsibilities and obligations no matter what I mean, just to be alive is a responsibility, right? You got to pay the bills just to, you know, just being alive is already expensive, right? But still, you got to do things. And oftentimes they they come in in small packages, right? Like you got to do things for your mental health, right? You got to do things to keep yourself going. Like for me, going to the films, going to the movies weekly is part of how I keep myself sane, you Mm -hmm. know? Just, that's what I like to do, clearly. Um, otherwise, why the hell am I doing a movie podcast for, like, almost 10 years? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's... And more importantly, like, people are way too judgmental in everybody's business. Like, mm, why can't you just be happy that that person's happy? You know? Mm-hmm. you don't got to, like, chime in with, like, these kind of, like, passive-aggressive, like, comments. Like, oh, like wish i could do that like you could yeah. you could do that you can <laughs> you can you just
1: choose not
0: to okay yeah mm-hmm.
1: and and that's not to say that obviously like there are people with big big limitations mm-hmm. no, you know and, and
0: again people please don't come at us saying that we're ignoring financial
2: limitations that's yeah, baked no. into this we are, we get that we yeah. know i my credit card i uh, maxed it out okay like <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I, just, I got some debt because of this trip, but like I don't regret it. And I'm, I, I you know I can pay it off
1: at yeah, some and point. Yeah, that, that's like something that I was talking to my coworkers about too. Like, I, there was a point in time where I had a good amount of money saved in my bank account. Um, This was like maybe three years ago, meaning three trips ago. Hmm. But all that money went to these trips that I, you know will forever have with mm-hmm. me and now i'm not doing bad financially but like obviously i don't have that like comfort anymore in saying that i have all this money saved um and a lot of that had to do with like the money that we got for covid and all that stuff at one point i had two jobs so like i worked for that money
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and i worked to be able to do these trips And I, like, no regrets at all, because this is something that I always have with me forever. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, anyway, do you see the conversation that Mrs. Harris just sparked? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you guys had, like, I don't know, a bit of, like, satisfaction in watching that film, like, in seeing this woman in her, like, in her 50s just go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... And, and, and seemingly what you guys didn't, I didn't think you guys would have so much like, I don't know, I don't know if it's fair to say that you got pushback, but you got a lot of commentary in the people in your lives that, that kind of question like, huh, like that comment just like blew my mind. Like, you're going to go to Japan for fun? Of course. Why else would you go to Japan? I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like to finish off that um uh, my parents did, you know, go dipping into the savings to go to Cancun. Eventually mm-hmm. they, we owned the house. We lived in the house two-story house our whole lives and they even like built a pool in that house so like you know it wasn't like they made a mistake on that no.
0: wow David check your privilege showing off here in front of everybody I never had a chance to be in a two-story house and had a pool <laughs>
1: <laughs> you live in the same David. <laughs> I know I'm
3: kidding
0: I'm, I know I'm just messing with you I mean I've always wanted a fucking pool but that never happened whatever <laughs> <laughs> everybody has a pool <laughs> sorry bitter about that but continue Hmm.
2: no i mean that was it (laughs) no but yeah
1: like eventually like it worked Mm -hmm. out and it wasn't anything big and they still talk about that trip because they did that trip with my mom's best friend Mm -hmm. and you know they have a lot of memories because of that i don't know it's just it's so it's it's so weird to me that people are just so i don't know just people's comments, like, piss me off sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they really kind of reek of being stuck in an old world mentality. And that's just like, you know, we get enough of that at home. You know, you'd think that the younger people today, like, like our age, would, like, be wiser than that. And at some point, it felt like we were. But then they kind of get, get stuck into this rut. And they kind of get al- persuaded by the old world allure of it. And, yeah, I don't know. People shouldn't have yeah. to be justify what what it is that they do in their lives, unless you're a terrorist. But then that's a different situation, right? <laughs> um. Anyway, that was Mrs. Harris goes mm. to Paris. Um, and we can, you know, link back up later on in the podcast uh, to discuss that whole trip to Japan, of course. Um, but to get you know into some of the stuff that was missed here um let's talk about some trailers guys um some of these were pretty bland Mm, you know they were like whatever and i'll give you two examples of movies that uh, i'll give you two trailers that they can't really move me and even in the best of circumstances they wouldn't be able to move me because i think i've already made up my mind how they're going to be but then again i've already made up my mind about how anything marvel is going to land with me you know i feel like at this point we've kind of beat this to death they refuse the way they cha- uh they refuse to change the way they make their movies i probably will not feel any differently than what i've already been feeling which is nothing but like disappointment right and considering that with both secret invasion and with marvels those are projects that have been like rewritten and reshot several times one of which is currently being rewritten right now the marvels like think about this like how is anyone expected to get any bit of excited with marvels now this is just my thinking i don't want to speak for you guys but like I'm thinking, I know that this movie is being rewritten right now. Why am I going to put any kind of stock into how good or not this trailer is? The same way Secret Invasion. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm closing the door or I'm not gonna give it a chance, but because it's Marvel Studios, you can only get like your hopes up so high, you know? Because you kinda know. How it's been like for them. And I gotta ask you, like, either one, feel free to answer up first, but considering the footage that you saw, um, is there anything in these trailers that made you at least enthusiastic or excited for any of them? And I mean, uh, um, Marvel's and in Secret Invasion.
1: For Secret Invasion, no. I which is like sad because it has Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark. But even they were just kind of like there. I don't know. I just didn't really understand what was going on. Um and then with Marvel's uh Kamala.
2: Miss Marvel. Mm.
1: She got me excited, but I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, not really.
0: (laughs) I think what we can all agree on is anything involving, if there's anything to drum up enthusiasm for the Marvels is getting a chance to see, um, Kamala Khan again and her whole family, which who knows, maybe there'll be like one or two scenes, but anything with Kamala Khan, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm there for, and her, like personality and her character is infectious so it's like i'm i'm gonna like that and i really like miss marvel the show mostly for her but then if i remember the writing
3: and <laughs> if
0: i remember the it yeah. all just kind of like comes falling down like a house of cards yeah so there's that by the way did you hear there's this rumor going on i think one of the scoopers broke this that in addition to, I know this is to like sidestepping these two projects, but in addition, and I, I I bring this up because the last we spoke of this, Alexis was so pissed off that, you know, it seemed like they were overstuffing Captain America 4, that it was like so beyond the fact that this was supposed to be Anthony Mackey's movie. But because they were already stuffing like all the Hulks in there, She-Hulk, Red Hulk, there was like Vibranium put in there. Um there one of the latest rumors is that there's a a hint of X-Men thrown in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, one wonders why this film is currently being rewritten. Yeah. While they're shooting, they're still shooting, but it's also being rewritten. I wonder how that's going to turn out, Marvel. Gee, I wonder how that's going to turn out. You're shooting a film while you're rewriting it. It's so bad. So, yeah, I just wanted to drum that back up there. But, um, yeah, Iman Valani is going to be good to see back in the role. Um, Here's a question I have about that Mm -hmm. Marvel's trailer. Also remember that recently there had been similar rumors that Brie Larson was clashing with Teona Paris and Teona Paris is the actress that plays Monica Rambeau and I feel like when you watch this trailer you kind things are beginning to click as to maybe why they were clashing and I really do wonder how Brie Larson feels about this right now because there were also rumors that the director Nia DaCosta kind of was Making this movie from the perspective that she was far more concerned with Monica Rambeau's character than she was for Carol Danvers' character. And when you put in with that trailer, things, I think those rumors and when you watch that trailer, things might be clicking because there was hardly any Brie Larson in that trailer.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. she just was like fighting i don't know (laughs) but to be fair that's what they had to do in the last movie too so
0: and Mm -hmm. and the the trailer starts with with monica rambeau and there's a lot of monica rambeau in that trailer and it's like what the fuck happened and then
1: didn't didn't she like recently do like a small like red carpet interview where they were asking her if she was gonna come back and she was like i don't know am i
0: (laughs) brie larson yeah
1: yeah
2: Damn, I didn't see that. Really it was,
1: it was, <laughs> I don't know if it was recent, but It was yeah. it wasn't
2: recent, but like um that was a pretty big video. I'm surprise that you didn't like see or anything. Um but I mean honestly though um in terms of like what um Captain Marvel's character, I, I just think they don't know what to do with her. <laughs> like they didn't know what to do with her in the first movie and she's so powerful. Like what exactly can she do in this one that'll like not fix no not end the plot. But it's <laughs> so it's easily. also
1: just so crazy to me that they can't come up with the story when you have fucking Brie Larson playing this character.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just wild. You can't like, come up
0: with a story. You can't come up with a character. You give mm-hmm. it a sequel, and your solution is, well, <clears throat> I guess that's it. Let's just rework this whole story where we call it the Marvels, but we'll make it about somebody else instead. That's your solution to, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out what you can't make work about this character.
2: Yeah, And, and so and, it, you just, like, you push her to the
0: side. That's the solution.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, they figured out how to, like, depower her because, you know, they can't use their powers or else they're going to be switching every single time. So, like, they figured that out. Um, the thing, though, is, again, what are they, okay? So what does that mean for the character? Like, is she going to feel weak that she can't? use them or what what is it because the only thing with monica rampa that they'll do is that chances are she hates uh Captain Marvel because maybe she wasn't there when her mom died or something i don't know uh, what's the sort because if you remember uh wandavision whenever they brought a Captain tomorrow she like clearly tries to um change the subject know that mm-hmm. and then it's easy to do what to do anything with um kamala khan because she's basically like (laughs) spider-man so like there's a lot of fun things they can do with her
0: (laughs) yeah it just it it um this is a very clear example of how the brain trust at marvel studios has completely failed now at this point i think all of us here are in agreement there are plenty of examples of how they failed several characters in several films in recent years but I think, like, this is so glaring. Why is it that people continue to give Feige a pass? Like, I know I spoke to this in the in one of the recent podcasts, but you guys have all heard the stuff that's come out after the firing of Victoria Alonso, the person who is basically Feige's number two and in charge of all the visual effects for all of the projects. But it's so... I don't even know what the right word is, but it partly it's enraging that many fans continue to be under the persuasion that, oh yeah, this Victoria bitch, she got dropped and all the problems for why all the films look ugly and why all this abuse took place, let's pin it all on her as if she didn't have a boss named Kevin Feige that allowed this (laughs) to happen in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know? If the brain trust at Marvel Studios can't figure out a character like this or how to work them, that's a big red flag. Now, what's going to be annoying about this is like, I think it's, uh, it's obvious and easy to attack the film based on this trailer for having like no visual pizzazz whatsoever. It looked very flat. Honestly, like there was a shot where the three Marvels We're literally in front of a black screen. Yeah. And you're like... (laughs) Why can't you make anything look interesting? Why does it all have to look boring? I'm sorry I'm screaming at this. I'm just so upset by this because... It's like they're not even trying anymore. And on top of all of this... David, I'll throw the question to you because this has also been put out there online. Would you be able to tell what the hell is going on if you hadn't seen Miss Marvel or WandaVision? Would you know who these people were
2: if it wasn't for those Disney Plus shows?
4: No. Nope.
2: And that's what that's what the sh- trailer should have.
1: Why is why is he in space?
0: <laughs> why? Especially when you like look at that Secret Invasion trailer, it's like, wait, what?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's and that's, like that's storytelling 101 is like i I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. That's what the trailer should have been. It's just scenes of like you introducing these characters in the movie. But you didn't do that. <laughs> you just automatically assumed that we saw Miss Marvel. And everyone keeps saying that no one saw Miss Marvel, by the way. <laughs> that like that's the biggest thing. So I don't know.
0: yeah good luck to this film and it's like we should also note for the people who maybe not don't remember the reason why the film is being rewritten and reshot right now is because the film continued to do very poorly when it came to um screen testing um so and now at one point this film was reported to have a big musical sequence because they went to a musical planet Betcha anything, that's the first thing that got cut in this rewritten rewriting process. So the maybe the only interesting things that Nia, the director, was able to put into the film, probably were I I I'm I'm almost sure of this, are either gonna be dramatically reduced or dropped completely. And yeah, mm-hmm. good luck to this movie. Like this is gonna be coming out at the same time as Dune part two.
1: Ooh. <laughs> I yeah good that. luck
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it even makes a release date
1: that sucks and like it sucks because like I feel like out of all of them this one has like the most potential to like be something so good
0: you see it in that trailer that there were moments where again you, you very easily could see a version of this where it could be great but it also sucks even yeah. further because um I'm not going to say I don't want it to fail. I mean, I want Marvel projects to fail now because I think they need a big wake-up call. They need a Mm -hmm. big fucking wake-up call, more than just Ant-Man bombing. They need more bombs, honestly, to get them to wake the fuck up. But with a project like Marvel's failing, you know, as well as anybody else now knows, that when it comes to projects that are led by minorities of any kind, especially women these days, all that's going to do is generate more cash flow for the alt-right trolls um, that inhabit the internet and are going to use it as an example of "go woke, go broke" bullshit. Which, I'm sorry, <laughs> at this point, um, considering how well Mario is doing and can these. People, I I don't, and none of us here at all strive to give them any kind of airtime, but to kind of really like put them in their place and also put any people who are listening that really insist on this, you know, go woke, go broke mentality. A lot of these people were saying Mario was going to fail because in the trailer, Peach was, I guess. Girl boss. Yeah, I guess if you want to call it that, but. The film seemingly is gonna go down as the highest grossing film of the year. So, doesn't that completely devastate the go woke, go broke argument? Mm hmm. So, idiots. And sexists, too. Like, just stupid <laughs> creeps is what they are. Um, anyway, it's just gonna be annoying when the film comes out and there gonna be generating headlines because they're gonna review bomb the film they're gonna it's a mess and it's like can Brie Larson catch a break here? Yeah. Seriously.
1: Anywho mm.
0: yeah those trailers were what they were. Um, I gotta ask you guys Um, DC is in a place of change right now. We have Films coming out this year like Shazam and Blue Beetle and The Flash. And we just got one of them, Shazam. All of us here really like Shazam. And again, seemingly nobody else did. Because nobody else mm. went to go see that. Okay. Um I've never had any kind of faith in the idea of Blue Beetle. Because it just seemed like a character no one cares about. And I can't help but wonder if no matter how good or not the movie actually is, it might suffer because of how poorly a lot of recent comic book movies have been performing that include Shazam, Black Adam, and Ant-Man. It seems like Guardians 3 is going to be an exception. Well, duh, because people actually love (laughs) the Guardians characters. But still, if I'm not mistaken... um the box office didn't seem to be that wowzers for guardians 3 i think the opening was around 150 160 that's the projections right now anyway but i don't know that's just the box office perspectives for blue beetle but personally i don't know um i guess it seemed whatever but i'm not excited for this movie you guys Blue Beetle.
1: Um, I mean I'm excited because I know this character and stuff and it's Oh, okay. Um but like that's me, you know. I I am with you in that not a lot of people know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So I I don't have a lot of faith that it's gonna be it's it's the Shazam thing all over again. Not a lot of people knew what was going on there, so people didn't go see it. Um Or
0: that it even like, existed, right?
1: Yeah. Um so it's kind of, like, I'm excited, but, like, I know I don't expect big things from it, you know, or to come out from it.
2: Um, yeah. Um. No, yeah, I agree with her. Uh, I'm excited still, actually, for Rubido. I really like that character. I saw him in, uh what was it, Batman Brave, Brave and the Bold, and he was one of my favorites. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I really liked him in Young Justice. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Actually, I like the actor who's playing him. He was he's in um, Kobo Kai. And I thought he was. I thought he was, mm. he was pretty good for the role. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm a bit excited about it. So now again, these days
0: I have much more faith in the DC Brain Trust in producing something good versus Marvel. So there's a decent chance. I want to be fair that the film could turn out to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a decent chance it doesn't matter how good it is. People are just not going to go give it the time of day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so...
0: And then if that happens, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how these things go. Um, Now, I don't know what more we can add to the absolute, like... Craze that's happening on film Twitter over Barbie, but, um, Greta Gerwig should be praised just by being who she is. I mean, she makes great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Bird and Little Women are amazing movies, um, that don't nearly get talked about enough in the way that they should. But <laughs> wow, I, I have to say, I'm actually surprised to the degree that the marketing campaign has been able to capture people's attention um, more so than you would think a Barbie movie would, right? Like, I don't know. I I personally think, or I would have expected anyway, that there would have been more people in the general audience, the kind of people who like Fast and Furious and Illumination movies, um, would like kind of put a raised eyebrow to this marketing campaign as like something that seems weird stupid and crazy that, yeah um, that
1: that's I, I was thinking that too like it's so funny that you have these like and it's all the same groups of people that are saying oh Peaches way is girl bossing way too much but then they see the Barbie trailer and it's like oh my god <laughs> We have to go see this movie. Like, it does not make any sense to me. And then it also just doesn't make sense because if you don't know the history of Barbie, like, or if you do know the history of Barbie, and you're these people that are, like, so excited for this movie, but also are very um, sexist, what what do you want? Like, what? Who are you, really? It doesn't make any sense to me because, like... I don't know. It's just crazy to me that so many men especially are like so hyped up over this movie that have previously just not like it doesn't match. their energy doesn't match with things, you know? And it
0: also reminds me because I've had some real world. And when I say real world, I mean, like just like everyday casual moviegoer interactions in which they've expressed views that are not indicative of who they mostly are. And it's a reminder of how successful the um, the right wing bullshit talking point machine is. How good they are at like capturing people's like I don't know entire personalities, but more so specifically here, how successful they are in like getting people to agree with them. Because I've seen, I've heard people say like things about well what was the character that they were saying that s- some franchise is getting a female lead and they get like threatened by it and um one was even like why did they make the little mermaid black and i even overheard a few months ago while that trailer was playing one like he ain't old, not much older than we are. One like middle, not middle age, but like one mid thirties Hispanic dad off to the distance was like laughing at the Little Mermaid trailer saying that Helly Bailey was ugly. And then I heard that his son who is like, you know, he was the one that was calling him out like, that's really messed up, dad. But it's like, like, what, what, what's going on that the right wing is like capturing people who are not that much older than we are or are of our age into thinking that it is an atrocity to, I don't know, give people who aren't white or who have dicks the time of day in the movie industry. Why does it threaten you to give, I don't know, different people a turn on the big screen. And I'm yeah. sorry to like, like, bring this back up. How does it affect
1: up? you? How does right. it affect your everyday life? I don't understand. Why does it make you so angry? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like the whole, oh, they're too woke thing. I don't understand what you're arguing. Like, it, it, it does not make any sense in my brain. Like what you're trying to say.
0: And also, you know this does put an extra bit of onus on the studios to produce better projects as a lot of the times some of these um, poor people get cast in projects that just implode almost immediately you know like poor Halle Bailey that yeah. movie is not gonna do anything good for her mm-hmm.
1: I will say <laughs> I turned to David and started laughing because they played the trailer before the Mario movie the music fucking got me <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know what i'm still gonna go see this movie and i'm gonna hate it but this music is gonna make me cry
0: <laughs> keep in mind of course people who are listening alexis this entire time has fully acknowledged that the footage that's come out of that film looks like crap mm-hmm. The underwater stuff? Awful. Yeah.
1: Awful. Awful. Even we walked into the movies and they had, um, because we have like the, where they put the movie posters. It's like a screen, like a TV screen. So they switch from one poster to the other. And when we walked in, they had the dark silhouette poster where you can't see anything. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's so ugly. By the way, that's another thing. We gotta, we gotta like, you know, hit the pause
0: button right here because this is a trend not, it seemingly happens to be with Disney, but it happens to be for a lot of, I guess, studios these days. What is it with um, some of these big budgeted films looking like... Unbelievably hard to see (laughs) what's happening there. You know, like with Little Mermaid, we've been joking for months now, like you can't see anything. Like it's just completely covered in darkness. And it's like at some point you gotta think, was that was that really a choice there? Was anybody here thinking, oh yeah, this is like gonna make us look more I don't know, inspired or creative? I don't know. And then I say this because just today on the chat, I did share with you um, some of the takes that are swirling around the upcoming Wicked Project, right? hmm And I mean, you saw the <laughs> images know. that was released. <laughs> I
2: love that, first,
3: <laughs> How that. The first comment
2: is like, are you serious? <laughs> like, just, it was so funny. And everyone else is just like, fancy shit. <laughs> but yeah,
0: he was Houston uh you said, you can't be serious. Come on, man. That's what he said, mm. right? And it's, and I think the one that got me was the fucking Trump clip, which is like, No, get those lights off! Off! Turn them off! They're too, they're too bright! Turn them off! <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of movies lately, it's like, you can't see what the fuck is happening. And it's like, is it a Disney problem? And also, Disney as a whole, I wanna say, wholesale, they need to be ashamed across the board of the visual effects they've been like producing in their in their projects because did you end any of you to, and I, I think I may have shared this when you were in Japan but did you happen to see that fan made the trailer for the fan edit a fan edit of a a cut together Obi-Wan movie from the Disney Plus series so if you recall I shared a story in the chat of one person who ended up being just one of the visual effects um people that worked on the andor show and he took it upon himself to make new shots or redo certain shots in a fan cut obi-wan movie and a lot of um his shots looked unbelievably better than what was already in in the Disney Plus series, and it's like if you can be shown up like that, what's going on here? It's like again and again. Ugh. Mm-hmm. it's just it's it, it's a whole different thing. Um, and yes, as we man. anyway, the point is Barbie looks great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it looks. I'm and it's, so excited. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and then I, am I don't too. know if you've heard like the different takes that people are thinking of what like is going to happen.
0: I have not, actually. What have you
1: Ooh. heard? Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: I mean, I kind of don't care because I want to see it for myself. You know, like, yeah. speculation no, is
1: fun. But. I mean, I I kind of figured that this is going to be it. Because, again, if you know the history of Barbie, you kind of know, like, what they're, the commentary on the movie is going to be and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so... I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for a lot of people to see it and what they take from
2: it. Well, um, I mean, for people listening, the show, The Toys That Made Us, has an episode on Barbie. So that's one way to learn.
1: That's a big, that. that's like a huge, I'm sure, uh, I guess, indication of where the story is going to mm-hmm. go.
0: Also, um, for as much as I've been praising Universal lately, good on for Warner Brothers for, like, allowing this to exist. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Mm -hmm. it must have been a hell of a pitch, I'll tell you that, for Warner Brothers. Well, I
1: don't know, because I don't know if you remember, but that a lot of people are, are, a lot of people that accepted to be on this project, like, chose to be in it, because it's one of the best scripts that they've ever read.
0: I forgot about that, you're right, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know, I don't know. I'm excited, I'm so excited.
0: It's And you know what, what I did catch on to one of the, discourses that this film is um being, or unleashing I should say, there were people on the internet who were legitimately saying with a straight face that Ryan Gosling was miscast because he's too old to play Ken. What do you even say to that? <laughs> what do you even say to that? Who... Who cares if Ryan Gosling's like 40? He doesn't look it. Mm-mm. No. Is that your is that your point? Like who ca- He looks amazing in this movie. He does. He was always perfectly cast. Like what is wrong with you to think that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like get the fuck out of here. Seriously. That's so dumb. And also this opens I I I it well hold on a minute here. Oh yeah, it does. Warner Brothers. Ooh. This is an added layer of, like, um, juice going on into all of this. Warner Brothers is seemingly not going to move Barbie off its date. And why is it so critical? Because that's the same week that Christopher Nolan opens his new movie, Oppenheimer. And if you know, if you remember, Christopher Nolan left... Warner Brothers for Universal. Mm-hmm. Universal is distributing this movie now. And remember, Nolan used to be like WB's golden boy, the
1: one who saved cinema, mm-hmm.
0: right? And 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 Nolan left because he was offended that um, and you know he wasn't entirely wrong to be offended. And I think ultimately history proved to be incorrect that they did this, which was release their um movies the same day on hbo max as they did in theaters now it ended up working in doom's favor i will say but overall it just wasn't a great strategy right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. he wasn't necessarily wrong for that but he was the most outspoken and he publicly left the studio that by the way released his movie in a pandemic
4: Mm -hmm.
0: before there were any vaccines and they lost so much money on that, too. And for him to just, like, stab them in the back like that. Anyway, I know who I'm picking. Yeah.
2: Come that weekend. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I'm
0: not, I'm like, I
2: so can't wait to see the numbers on that, dude. You know he's going to fail.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I, I hope you're right. I, and I I hope because, like, I mean, Nolan has a fan base. And I will say, look, for all his faults, he is an accomplished um and an acclaimed director but at the same time i think his faults need to be far more criticized Mm -hmm. he's one of those people that i think needs to be more like the idea that he opened a movie in a pandemic because i'm gonna save cinema (laughs) only for that to like flame out spectacularly tom cruise he ain't Mm -hmm. clearly um and i I hope that hurts him anywho (laughs) um to me, I think the best trailer right now is Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Talk about visually dazzling. And talk about emotion. Like, to me, I, I almost don't even care what's happening, but, and you'd think at this point, we would be like, multiversed out of, of, of seeing all these kind of multiversal stories, but, I don't care. This looks amazing. This looks incredible. Uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, I don't know what more you can say or what more there needs to be said. It
2: just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you can already tell from the trailers that you're going to get something pretty emotional, especially for Miles and his family. Um, they didn't show that much of his family, which is like my one little worry because it seems really interesting what they might. Do with them at least from the beginning of it, you know, where they're like, they know something's wrong. Up, there's something up with them, but he's not telling them everything and all that. Um, hopefully we get more. Uh, in the movie, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to see more in the trailers. Um, but yeah, this just looks like another <laughs> really good movie. Um, hopefully it's as good as the first one. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it's a high bar. Mm-hmm. That's a very high bar, that's for also sure. Also,
2: that scene in the trailer where they go, uh, they'll get me started on that on that one kid with Doctor Strange and they're the one, nine, 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 whatever. <laughs> yeah, That's a good diss. <laughs> yeah, deservedly so. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know Alexis doesn't care about the Indiana Jones films, and that's okay. I've had a good feeling about all of the trailers that they've been releasing throughout all this time. I will say, I remember when we were reading the leaks about like what this would be, you know, the Dial of Destiny and all that, and it sounded really out there. Maybe it, it, it was just different translation to the screen because all the footage that they've been releasing for this has been really good. And that last trailer was, well, wow. Mm-hmm. Like give them hell, Indiana Jones and the music blaring and, um, what's her name? Um, what's her name? The new um, I
4: don't know. Her yeah, name. same.
0: But we all know who I'm talking about from Fleabag. Yeah, she uh, she's she's great. Phoebe Waller. She looks. Uh, yes, Phoebe Waller Bridge looks great. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. I love Mads Mikkelsen. He's gonna be amazing in it for sure. But like the movie, just like, and I think James Mangold spoke to this. He did try um to. Emulate a lot of the shots that is that Spielberg would do. Like it really does look like it fits with those four movies or the, the first four movies. Um and they're premiering this at Cannes Film Festival a month before it opens in theaters. So I hope that suggests that there's really confident in this movie. And I have to think Kathleen feels good about this too, because she hired him to do a Star Wars movie, which we'll get into right now. And at the same time, Mangold's career seems to be blossoming, too, because it looks like he at the moment he is writing a Swamp Thing film for DC Studios, which more than likely he will be directing. So, I mean, this is the guy that made Logan after all, right? Mm-hmm. And Ford v. Ferrari and walked the Line. So I, I, I think it's, it's safe to assume there's some good amount of expectations um, to have for this film. Which is a a classic action adventure blockbuster, and I hope it continues the trend of this resurgence that we're seeing of like blockbusters made in the way that there used to be, but actually great. You know, with Batman and Dune and Avatar um, and so many others now. So I am hopeful for that, David. Any thoughts on the Indiana Jones trailer?
2: Um, The really the the music really hypes. Me up, <laughs> just like, and it's great music. It's great music, and every time like you hear the theme, you're just kind of like, "Yeah, let's go <laughs> adventure." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know i, I I've seen all the Indiana Jones movies. Indiana Jones movies. I literally saw like the three of them like in one sitting. <laughs> uh, Did you? Yeah. Wow. Like, um, I just I was in my uncle's house, and uh, I don't know if it was my dad or my uncle like rented it for me, and I just I just watched mm-hmm. them. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so, but like, I, I still wouldn't really call myself like a big Indiana Jones fan. So I just, right. You know, but um, I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it's more like they're just, they're so,
0: those movies are so fun and they're so amazingly directed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, it's always like a blast to put one of those movies on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I alluded to it now. Uh we should, I guess we can we'll start off with James Mangold, since we'll we'll segue into that. So he was announced to have be doing a new Star Wars film about the origins of the Force and about the first Jedi. And I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys think of it. I I don't I'm a little scared because I think about The Legend of Korra season 2. And I think about how risky it is to do a story about the origins of this big mythological presence that's in all of the films. And if you do this, uh, haphazardly, or if you do this really overly complicated, E, um, it could, not work out i mean ultimately do i care about the story of the for not really but you know he's a good director and at this point i'll take any star wars movie and it's not right well any star wars movie right like and it i would argue this has a really good chance of being made if nothing else because kathleen kennedy has already worked with him and if you notice from the most of the directors that were announced at this year's celebration the people that she hired were people she's already worked with Mm -hmm. so i put it to you guys
2: any interest in this um
1: i mean it's it's still it's still like interesting to like learn about these things obviously um but yeah like how you said it's it's it is really risky to go from your last movie which was not great to something as big as this. You hmm. know. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm just my worry is what they mean by the origins of the force. Um I I don't know. For me like I just think like the force has always been there. It's just some people have more concentration i don't know um just that but yeah. i mean it's i happened, agree yeah. with you the
0: force like i feel like from what we've seen already in the expanded lore all of us are fans of the Felony animated shows and how they've kind of like explored further what those concepts actually look like and i don't know i just if it very much was my impression that the force was always just kind of there mm-hmm so what do they mean by the origins of the force? Yeah.
2: Um I, I mean I can understand like origins of the Jedi. I think that can be like a sure really interesting thing. Um
1: Yeah, that I that would make more sense, mm-hmm. I think.
2: Yeah. But um I mean I don't know. It's just right now it's just way too vague as to like what exactly they can do with this idea and all that. Um and for me I'm always just a type to like I'll, I'll wait till I see something more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I would say to me, though, that the, the project that I'm... And really, this is just process of elimination, right? But the one that I would be more... And I am more interested in is the one that involves Ray. And I almost don't even care like what it is that they do. I mean, I do question why they're setting it 15 years later, but whatever. Mm -hmm. It it seems a bit too soon to say 15 years later, but fine. But to me, if there's anything I'm most invested in is a Ray movie, because... I'm sorry, Justice for Ray. I think that... Episode 9, in a lot of ways, did a lot of harm, right? But... To me, because it's so did that character dirty, it's kind of like it it left that character's whole resolution in a very dissatis in a very overtly dissatisfying fashion. That I've noticed, it's given people even more um, reason to be overtly antagonistic toward that character like there are a lot of people who um find a lot wrong with her character and don't like her character and i for one don't understand and have never understood the hatred that is at bray's character Mm -hmm. if you look at episode seven and episode eight she's a great fucking character and if you like pretend episode nine never happened, like I do, <laughs> great. So, but to me, if anything, my hope would be for this film to um, correct the wrongs that were made. Now, I'm not saying retcon, like a lot of these psychos, you know, go on about like, you know, erase the sequel trilogy. I'm just saying like, Thematically, fix the things that really steered Ray in the wrong direction in Episode Nine, but then also give the fans something. Not you know what? No, not give the fans something, but like to make it so undeniable how amazing the character is, to where we can stop this bitching. Because you know, one of the you know I I, I say of like I speak of bitches uh, or bitching. Um, I saw Grace Randolph's reaction to. Um, the ahsoka trailer and it really bothered me how in every frame she kept comparing rosario dawson's ahsoka to daisy ridley's ray and saying like how can ray ever compare or compete with this and how lucasfilm was doing a disservice to daisy ridley for having for pitting her against it and i'm like bitch you're the one that's pitting them against each other first of all and second of all what (laughs) doesn't that piss you off
1: oh my god first of all two completely different stories two completely different characters um but just because they're girls
0: like you want to like compare them to each other like what
1: go ahead alexis but that's that's crazy that's I again keep on repeating why do you guys watch her?
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's she's a bat for sure, but um how do you guys feel about the Ray project? Now, apparently um I I'm not too familiar with the work from this director, but um we have to keep in mind of course that David Lindelof, I believe, or Damon Lindelof, whoever he is, he left this project recently, so I don't know what that speaks to. It could just be that Kathleen Kennedy was being Kathleen Kennedy, and he was like, all right, I'm going to fuck off here, as a lot of people seemingly do. Um, But how do you feel about another Ray project,
1: post-Episode 9? Um... I'm excited to see what they do. uh, But also Nervous. worried to see what they mm. do <laughs> with her character specifically. Um, I am very, still very upset that they killed off Kylo. <laughs> and the fact that he's not going to be a part of this is upsetting
0: <laughs> among the many decisions but- that were made in episode 9 yes it continues to be infuriating that kylo ren was killed off yes mm-hmm. now again so- most most of the decisions of episode 9 i would say continue to be infuriating
1: yeah hmm. Um, but I guess we will see. I mean, I don't know. It's just, like, like, the only thing I could come up with that will make me somewhat happy but not is um, if they kind of do, like, a Titanic type of story where, you know, they lived this, like, Adventure, what? Not adventure, but like you know, they cared a lot for each other, and you know she still has him in his memory. Um, but I don't know. It's just like weird.
0: Has anyone noticed, by the way, that JJ Abrams hasn't worked at all Dude, since that movie? I know. Movie?
1: I always I think about this all the time. Like, literally, fell off the face yeah. of the
4: earth.
0: <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> I mean, he should be embarrassed That I mean, to me, like, episode nine has to be one of the most incompetent films made.
1: It's so bad. It's, it's, it's sad, but it's also kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I guess there's that. And then, as far as movies are concerned, they also announced Dave Filoni is going to be directing a film that is going to be the culmination of all of the stories that are happening in what they call the Mandoverse. That includes The Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and the Asoka TV series. Real quick before we get to that, because that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Kathleen Kennedy said that at the moment, now she she can say whatever she wants, but I, I seem to remember that there was like rumors that they were in development for another story with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, and it seemed like they were teasing something with Qui-Gon, but she said at Celebration that they're not currently in development of any more stories with Obi-Wan. Um, at the same time, there was a report that suggested there was more Boba Fett on the way, but there was no mention of that. Um, just wanted to, to clear things up. Oh, there was... I, I want to say something about the Acolyte. I don't care. Maybe it'll be good, but I don't care. Um, I can't be excited for something that I really don't know too much about at the moment. It, it, it could be an Andor situation where it, it it may very well be good, but I mean... I probably won't feel that way until I see it for myself and then it ends up being good. I don't know how you guys feel about the Acolyte or any of the other... Yeah. Should there be any more Obi-Wan or Boba Fett uh, or any of that? No, Boba,
1: no, Boba Fett. Boba um, Obi-Wan, I'm... I, I think Obi-Wan has, like, the most potential to do something just because there's a huge gap in between. Here's the thing.
0: And I'm going to use Obi-Wan to say this. I know that we're coming off very negative on Star Wars lately and I think most people do um i'm kind of in this weird place like i want to say yeah mostly when it comes to star wars we do have a negative tone but i like most things in star wars it's just a very few things that i really don't like or despise like Mm. i mentioned like i if you're gonna make up a list of things that i hate mandalorian boba fett and rise of skywalker are those things that i just deeply deeply hate and then.
1: But it's like the things that have seeped into everything. Y-
0: yes. Yes. That's part of the problem, right? Like they've seeped into other things that are, and they've, they've gone so far as to. Like
1: calling Ahsoka part of the Vandovers, please.
0: That is a great please. example of how it's seeped into other things that's kind of bringing everything down, right? But I liked Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan had a lot of flaws to be sure, but. I really liked Obi-Wan and for whatever reason, it's now gotten this bad reputation. And I'm like, it's not People its not fair to put Obi-Wan on the same level as Boba Fett or Mandalorian. Mandalorian and Boba Fett are a whole different kind of like bottom, like hitting the bottom of the barrel of just like em- embarrassment. Like I've seen, I don't know why, it's, maybe it's just like curiosity i've seen every episode of mandalorian this season talk about abysmal mm-hmm. just talk about abysmal and repetitive derivative i mean forced uh, the point is i like Obi wan a lot and i would not be opposed necessarily to a follow-up story that involve Ewan McGregor coming back to play the character. Maybe a movie this time. Mm -hmm. I would hope a movie this time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would prefer a movie. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Because the show should have been a movie. (laughs) (laughs) For
2: sure. Honestly, there's a lot of things that like, they shouldn't have put so many things into that one season. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Like that one uh, Inquisitor chick, um, that could have been a season by itself and then uh, yeah Reva
0: and you know what what's also upsetting about that situation is um, to me and this is where I feel a lot of people and a lot of Star Wars fans get captured by this alt-right mentality of like you know the wokeification of things and I hate that term and I hate that word but like with Reva you can kind of see the wheels behind the scenes of like If you are somebody that has been captured by this way of thinking and you look at Obi-Wan, well, here's a black chick that's taking up a lot of screen time and they don't really give her anything that's worthwhile for her being there in the first place. So I can understand people who are captured by that way of thinking, looking at Obi-Wan and it's like, because at the end of the day that story really wasn't that worthwhile to have there in the first. I can, I can see why uh, I guess I can see what some of the thinking was and how that kind of like linked up with Obi-Wan in a way. But here's the thing. When you do that and the story ends up being very lackluster, all you do is invite more of this way of thinking. I say that, but then you look at last Jedi Look how great that was, and even the best examples still led to bigotry, misogyny, and hatred. So, what am mm-hmm. I even talking about at this point? Like, he <laughs> had the best with Last Jedi, and it's like, well, it broke fandom. Mm-hmm. So, what am I saying? Anywho, okay. So, am I happy that Dave Filoni is is being given the chance to do a movie? In a way, yes, I am. But here's my problem. I am just so disappointed that this is the way that it's coming about. I'm so disappointed that Filoni has pretty much just been overwhelmed by the Jean Favreau of it all. And that John Favreau, in his level of writing have so brought things to a new low it's it, it's caught him with it and like i don't and i can't think of what else is the problem because and again i understand you know why people like peter have continual problems with dave filoni sure i get that but when i look at the clone wars and when i look at rebels and then especially when i look at things like bad batch recently that level of writing is you know leagues above and beyond anything i've seen in mando or in boba fett that i'm it leaves me wondering okay well what's the problem like what is it that when he's doing live action projects it's not working out and the only thing i can come around to is well it's john favreau he's so bad it's fucking everything up okay if i were to subscribe to that kind of mentality and that thinking okay well does that mean that if it's all john favreau's fault him dave filoni now getting the chance to do not, not just a series that's already been shot and it's on the way in august but now a movie him being given the reins to do something completely his own does that mean there's some way in hell Some of us here who have been longtime fans of him can come to a place of liking, you know, these projects because it's been confirmed and it's been reiterated at Celebration. Dave Filoni singularly wrote every episode of Ahsoka. John Favreau did not at all contribute anything as far as writing is concerned to those scripts. So one would think maybe maybe there's a chance here i don't hate this at the same time i have to remind people some of us here are forever upset with john favreau because this Ahsoka series was supposed to be the animated sequel to star wars rebels and if you already know um the road that we're going to go into Again, animation is far superior to live action in so many ways. You can only imagine the things that were taken away from us, the things that were stripped away because they got it in their heads that this in some way, somehow would be a far better version if you told this in live action, even though... When you watch that Ahsoka trailer and you watch certain shots that have been recreated from the finale of Rebels and you see to yourself how much more diminished things look in comparison to how their animated counterpart look like, I don't know how many examples you need or how many examples people need to understand that it doesn't matter what it is. The scale of live action cannot ever compete with the scale of animation. It just can't happen so I don't know that's my long way of saying to you guys that I'm very conflicted and I'm very mixed on the whole idea of Dave Filoni and him doing these projects that have already been wrought with so much incompetence shall we say that I don't know how much I want to allow myself to care about it but because it's him and because it features characters that I love you can't help but like root for it to be good but at the same time like I don't know I'm not crazy about I'm just not been crazy about um Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka I'm just I haven't been and what also makes me worried is Dave Filoni did right That episode where Ahsoka came back and it really did, you know, bring up a lot of questions, you know, with who Ahsoka is. But go ahead, Alexis.
1: The thing with that episode, though, is that you also have to, like, look at the whole thing altogether and realize, like, there was things that he probably needed to add on because he was told to do so. At least that's what I am hoping is what happened because... Like you said, there's a lot of things in there that fully contradict everything that we had seen in the past, specifically with Ahsoka. But it also just does make me worried, like, how much... Like, I I get that, you know, Dave Filoni is the the one who wrote Ahsoka and stuff. But, like, how much was he influenced in the writing process by other people? Mm -hmm. Or how much... Uh, how many things that he had to include because he was told to do so, and it just—I don't know. It, it. I'm obviously gonna see it. Like this is a, this is my favorite Star Wars character. I'm obviously going to see it, but it just makes me nervous as to what we're actually gonna see and what are the things that they're gonna, I guess, like backtrack on. I don't know. I'm hoping. <laughs> not a lot, and not like very. I- I'm I'm hoping it's not specific character things that are part of who Ahsoka is, you know. Which is what happened in the that episode episodes.
2: Mm-hmm. David, uh, I'm already worried about this trailer. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you remember the ending of the Rebels, uh, Ahsoka had a, like a white staff of sorts in a white cloak where was That's, that was not in the trailer at all like we real we, we all thought like this is supposed to like she is like top tier wizard at this point you know she's she knows some <laughs> shit she's a master of the force and all that like she like and all that and then in the trailer though she the way she talks it's like the episodes of Mandalorian and Boba Fett <sighs> where she were like every. Where she's supposed to be this wise wizard type of dialogue, you know, that you fucking see in Lord of the Rings or something. It's like, no, that's not her. She's funny. She's not quirky, but, like, she... She's more of a character. She's more alive than that. She comes
0: across so stoic and so lifeless. That's Mm -hmm. not the Ahsoka... Even in Rebels, there was moments. Yeah, she was older, but, like, did they forget to have moments of levity with her?
4: Mm Mm-hmm. You
1: know what What's happening? It's like, You know, the Clone Wars helped Anakin's character a lot and to show us who he actually Mm -hmm. is. It's like they're kind of flipping it.
0: I... I will say, I'm going to give them credit, though, for something. Um, Because they're... they're, Well, I I say that, but then I'm also going to punch them down on on another area as well. (laughs) Part of um, what's not been... It's been kind of a um, a crapshoot as to how good these translations look from animation to live action. I think Cad Bane, all in all, looked great in live action. He was fucking wasted, and that should worry the hell out of everybody. Like, how do you waste a character like that in Cad Bane? Mm-hmm. That's awful. Now, he looked great, <laughs> but that was not just an awful direction they went with. Um I don't know how well Ezra's costume looked in live action. It seemed very cosplay in that hologram.
1: Kara and Ezra looked yes, weird yes. to me. Uh Sabine looked I think I think she great. was fine.
0: I just I'm not crazy about the hair. That's not the way that her hair she was wearing. Oh, I love well, that's not the way she was wearing her hair <laughs> at that moment when okay, they're recreating true. that instance. You know and yeah, I hate yeah, yeah, that yeah. contradiction, but whatever, I have to get over it. Um I don't care. I mean, I mean, I guess I already expected there to be, like, lightsaber action, so I'm not, like, miffed about that. Um, What I will say is a practice that the industry at large is doing now that is weird is... It kind of rubs us the wrong way, at least me anyway. Okay, well, is this practice of when we're doing from animated to live action translations... But you're picking and choosing which cast members get to return and play their roles in live action and which ones have no bi- you're saying by not in- inviting them back have no business being here. So, okay. Um, Lars Mickelson did a great job portraying Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels. And I'm happy for him that he gets to come back and play the live action version of him. And he's a great actor as well to do that.
1: The guy who played Ezra was really good. Right? Yeah. Uh, and he looks like mm-hmm. Ezra.
0: But at the same time, I think I, I saw that all of the Rebels actors, the voice actors, were at some other convention at the same time that Celebration was going on. And this trailer drops. And it's like... <laughs> it feels wrong, right? Ooh, it,
1: it, it feels it, so like, why?
0: Why... Can t- someone explain to me why it is that Ashley Eckstein was not capable of playing Ahsoka in live action. I
1: mean, the main thing is just because he
0: doesn't also, like it. Also, uh, well, well, you can also say star power, whatever. I mean, and when I say it's a practice that, you know, it's it's an industry thing now, well... We didn't mention it here, but Moana's getting a live-action remake, and, and someone explained <laughs> to me why it is that The Rock gets to come back. I mean, the answer is pretty self-evident, but he gets to come back, but Ali Cravajo is not seriously being considered to play Moana in live-action. Let alone the fact that, that that shouldn't exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. That adaptation <laughs> mm-hmm. has no right existing, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna do it...
1: And oh, it pisses me off how he's like... Everybody's been asking for No it. one no. was asking
0: for that. No one was asking for that. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars. I love Ahsoka. I love these Rebels characters. I am scared to death of this series and this movie. And I think we're all on the same
4: page, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And you know what? I like. Obviously, I knew that Sabine and Ahsoka were going to be part of it, but I didn't. I guess like my brain was just like on that—that I didn't like fully process the fact that all the other characters are going to be in the show, and it's fully a rebel sequel, basically.
0: But not really because it's just not—it's not the actual people that were involved. It's just—it's just a sad thing, honestly, to me. Uh, One thing that I will give props to. um i have forgotten because i was bashing them so much i forgot to actually address the thing that i said i would like give them props which is in one of the recent mando episodes they had zeb and he looked great that was a great translation yeah. i didn't yeah, think you exactly. could make a Zeb look great in live action whoa that yeah. looked amazing so again to give them props wherever we can right that was a good translation. The Inquisitor was not <laughs> in, in Obi-Wan. That mm-hmm. was not... A, either of those Inquisitors were not good translations at all. And again, it, it's a lottery. Like, I mean, ah- Ahsoka, whatever, but like, I'm not crazy about the way Hera looks. Mm.
1: Yeah, she looks yeah, weird. Like, there's something it's off like, about She's like, I feel it. like I'm looking
0: at an imposter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And maybe it's because I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. You'd think, like, we'd be excited for, like, new Star Wars stuff. But as we just saw with all of these projects, there's a lot of, like, mixed feelings here. We want them all to succeed, but they all have, like, significant drawbacks. And mostly, Mm. in the cases of characters like Ahsoka and Rey, we've just, like, been, like, done dirty enough at this point. Like, we're just scared. Yeah. More than anything, we're just scared (laughs) of what they're going to do now.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously, again, we don't want it to fail, but I think another thing is that we just know that it's not going to be as good as how we've seen these characters before. I think that that is, like, if anything that is true like it's just not and like how can it be like we already saw their stories <laughs> i don't know <laughs>
0: um well with that let's go ahead and transition to the films that we saw let's start off things with a really good one and a surprisingly good one at that um i think to me the best adaptation of anything playing in theaters right now is dungeons and dragons um so this was directed by john francis daly and jonathan m goldstein um i'm gonna read the letterbox description right now and we can get into this film um no experience necessary a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventures undertake an epic heist to retrieve a lost relic but things go dangerously awry when the run when they run afoul of the wrong people starring chris pine michelle rodriguez uh is it Reggae or Regé, Jean Page, uh, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, and many other people? Oh, Bradley Cooper had an interesting cameo that was I was laughing so hard when I re- I realized that oh was Bradley Cooper, god. and I'm like, is that Bradley Cooper on my screen right now? <laughs> In a freaking like <laughs> Hobbit like miniature, like, what the fuck was that? I was like, oh my god. It seemed like nobody else got it. So I was like, I was like laughing on the inside, whatever. Anyway, this movie is awesome. Yeah.
1: This movie is so good. It's it's too good. It has no right to be this good. <laughs>
2: like I kind of want to go see it again. It's how good it was. It was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, I do too. Every time we went, like after we saw it, we, we would see the poster in the theater, and we were just kind of like, should we go watch it again? <laughs> 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 I can't believe it's this good. Mm-hmm.
0: I honestly yeah, can't believe it. Yeah. All, it'll be, the, I, the trailer didn't work for me. It felt like it was, it was trying way too hard, honestly. And then I see this film and like the thing that I was worried for most was the use of humor. I thought it was perfect. Like they actually nailed, the beats were great. They were funny and it wasn't too over your, it wasn't too much. It was just right. The use mm-hmm. of humor here.
1: It, it, it's so good. It, I couldn't believe it. Like, it kept working, right? Like, it,
0: the, the more you yes, sit there, and it get like, wow, this is funny. And
1: then, and then even, like, after, and, like, everything that happened, and you kind of go back, and, like, the emotional moments were right, amazing. Were, you felt them. Um, they were real. Oh, my God. And you just kind of have to sit there and be like, this is a Dungeons dungeon. <laughs> & Dragons movie. Like, how? <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, from How? the trailer, it's like I knew I was gonna have like some fun with it. I thought that like the action was gonna be fun and all that. Maybe some of the characters would give me some laughs or something. But no, I loved all of the characters. And, like you just you know exactly who they are right from the very beginning, and not just because of like of oh, their uh, um, what is it uh, like races or whatever they call them in D and D, whatever <laughs> you know, because like you the know quests. You, you, they call it
1: quest. The type of
2: you mean the archetypes archetypes yeah something like that mm-hmm. um but like it's just you know you kind of like you, you already got like uh the what was it? hugh grant's character like they literally mm-hmm. say right away like he's a con man and you're you, you kind of like oh okay so i know exactly what's gonna happen with this character right here <laughs> and like and just the things that he does like you know, it's messed up but you're just kind of like damn dude this just... <laughs> what the fuck and then um
1: and then the way that the movie looks. It
2: actually looks oh good. My God. It actually looks good. Marvel, hey, this is what movies are
0: supposed to look like. Visually interesting with decent effects. Hello. Like, even Peter, when we were walking out of the film, it's like, Marvel should be embarrassed, man. Like, this, this doesn't even look that expensive, but fuck, were the effects great. Mm-hmm. And Almost. also the, the 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 battle sequences with the with the wizardry going that was that was interesting oh. and it looked great.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so good. Yeah. Wait, how much also, it k- it kind of also put Harry Potter to shame too at the same time because it actually gave like wizardry fights that like, were interesting in a way.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It it's so good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I shouldn't be this passionate about a Dungeons and Dragons movie.
1: Exactly. But it's, it's
0: crazy to think about how much I enjoyed myself and also how little if anything there is to criticize here I can't think of anything I had an issue with can you uh
2: no? mostly just the, like the um it. the exposition scenes like I just sure, kind of okay. slowed it down for me but other uh-huh. than that though, like zero complaints honestly <laughs> everything else mm-hmm
0: <laughs> like seriously the film has a nice um balance of two things at once which is um and i think it's able to have its cake and eat it too in that it's the kind of humor where it's like uh, it reminds you of you know the peak of marvel where it kind of it's it's laughing of what's going on here but it also takes itself seriously too it's a nice balance that it was able to have and that's something maybe marvel needs to take more note of in that regard you know
4: because the humor was like yeah, yeah like
0: the, it was silly humor but it, it didn't feel like it was at the expense of the stakes that were happening in the story
4: mm-hmm. and no. they
2: and and not only was like the humor like, in good use but also like the way they make, they make fun of themselves of like yes. the whole D&D concept mm-hmm. of it all like they used it so perfectly here on like with Marvel where like they just kind of make offhand comments and he's like, like I think in Doctor Strange he was kind of like like, oh yeah, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call a spider guy to help us out or something like that. I don't know, like, yeah. I can remember. Yeah. But this one like they used it really, really well with um that holographic hologram scene and all that. And <laughs> and I I don't know if it was exactly like a D M D um joke exactly, but that one scene where they had to go through the bridge and he's like it's like oh it's very simple you got to take five steps forward and then every every odd number after that you got to take place it's just like is that like <laughs> like the, is that the joke of like like of how the whole concept of the D&D rules is or something like that <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't like i, I didn't this... notice that
0: but i mean the part that made me laugh was justice smith stepping on the thing and the whole thing collapsing that was the big laugh there <laughs> i didn't know that was part of <laughs> no, the i didn't know i don't know any dungeons and dragons references i don't know any yeah of i don't either but like i understood yes, what was going yeah, on and that, that, that's the key to making an adaptation work i don't know anything about that world or that universe but i loved my time in this world in this universe in this movie
1: Hmm. yeah and And, like it's interesting because i've I've like always wanted to play it, but it just seems so intimidating, mm. sure, yeah, you know, like there's it feels like there's a lot of things that you stranger can things, know and big bang theory always it.
0: make it seem like the most complicated thing in the world, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, and so going into it, I was like, okay, well. I was thinking it's it's gonna be like a Lord of the Rings type of thing, like it's, it's gonna be too complicated, mm-hmm. like you know. But no, they it it they just made it so fun and th- they didn't take themselves too seriously. But in the parts that they did, it yeah. hit you like big time. So I don't know. It it's just it's everybody so in this it's cast so was good. like great. Everybody
0: was great here. Yeah. I was so surprised. I mean, Chris Pine is great in everything. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever seen Chris Pine. Not do good, you know? Mm-hmm. And he gets taken for granted, honestly, a lot of the time, but he's great here. Michelle Rodriguez was actually really good in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really remember her too much from anything besides, um, what was she in recently that I saw? I mean, she's in, in Fast mm-hmm. and Furious films, but I believe. She-
1: Wasn't she in that one? Oh, she was
0: in Avatar, right? She was in the, she was in the Battle first Avatar movie. Valley. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't no, she was an Alita, but I don't remember her being an Alita Battle Angel. Um oh, Hugh God. Grant. Crap, he was good. Mm. Hugh, he was hilarious <laughs> too. He was just like the freaking like um thief pirate that's just there to have a good time.
1: The um the red the red wizard. Oof, she was so good. She looked so cool she, uh,
0: Daisy, I think it's I was obsessed with Daisy, how she looked. I don't know if it's pronounced Heed or Head, but that's her name. She's great. She uh she was definitely giving off like um if you were to do
1: this is this is
0: this is what
1: Cara Delevingne
0: should be. Right, have absolutely. But I, I guess <laughs> if they were able to do a live action Ventress, call her up. Call Daisy here. She did great. Ooh, um, right. Yeah, you see it immediately, right? Like she's she was great yeah. here. You could definitely do that character. Um if they were, you know, wanting to do it. Um no, but um, there were so many great gags here. Like, it, it started off amazingly where, you know, in the beginning of the confessional, Chris Pine kept asking, where's Jonathan, where's Jonathan? Every time, <laughs> every time it kept coming up, I'm like, I was like, you know, giggling. And then like, when, when you see immediately when it pays off, when they revived the, um, the corpses and asking the questions, like, you know where that's going to go, but that's, it works though. It's so <laughs> funny. And then even... Um, the stuff with the bridge that you mentioned, David, that was funny too. Um but, you know, not for nothing. The action sequences are also pretty good as well. Like that whole section when they're running from a fat ass dragon. Oh
2: my god. Ooh, it's that so, was good. so funny.
1: <laughs> oh even like the smothing the the Oh my god, I've never seen a movie where they come up with the plan. And the plan is interesting and the way that they have to execute it oh, is yeah, so good. yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. When they're infiltrating oh. the castle and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was mm-hmm. so cool.
0: Even the, the sequence when they're in the games and they're trying to escape death. Because like yeah. that was yeah. good, too. Like, there was, again, there is really next to nothing I can say that was wrong here or that I didn't think worked for me. Even to, as we mentioned before... Bradley Cooper of all things being in this movie.
1: Oh my god! Literally, when that happened, I turned to David and I was like, "Is that Bradley?" Fucking
2: <laughs> and even,
1: and then after the movie, I was like, "Do you realize that like the last movie that he did was probably that the one with Lady Gaga?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it, it was. Um... Oh man, the. Again, this is not the best movie in the world, but it was just, it was so entertaining and it was consistently entertaining,
4: mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. If you haven't seen this, go, go see it. This, this deserves more attention and um, does. maybe in retrospect, they probably <coughs> should have picked a um, a month where it wasn't so packed to have released the film. Like I think some were suggesting August would have been a good month. This does feel like an August movie mm-hmm. more than anything Mm-hmm. A movie you would get around those times. So, um, I, I know we mentioned it before, real quick. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed that TMNT trailer.
2: Oh yeah, I I, I saw the trailer so for the first time in the theater, and me too. I, yeah, I love the animation even more. I really couldn't tell see a lot of the details like on my phone screen and all that. Uh, but I love how like it really they look more like clay than all the other like Spider Verse or um uh Puss boots like this one so, no they look really like look, it looks like claymation on mm-hmm. their part and i really like it mm-hmm.
0: to be clear uh in case people who are not picking up on it i'm referring to the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh trailer or movie coming out um so that should be fun to see but yeah um overall um i don't know if they'll do a sequel but i'd see it this was a really really good movie
1: I hope yeah. they do. They could do I so much they- with this, and and then David and I were saying that um, to do like a nice out type of thing where there's like one consistent character and how that. Oh, the, I see. I I can't uh, pronounce his name, but the guy from Bridgerton,
0: mm-hmm. right? Pal- him, mm-hmm. yeah. Is uh, I believe it's uh, Regé Jean. Yeah, I think it's Regé Jean Page. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was great here too. He like he played his characters straight He's up. So but, good. I mean, It it. it it landed very well. He's he's a really good uh, actor. actor. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he's hit it big recently too, oh, yeah. um, in a number of projects. Um, so yeah, go see Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I I, I want to speak just real quick on the movie Air by Ben Affleck. It's good. Um, your mileage will vary depending on how much you care about anything involving Michael Jordan or basketball in the 80s. I don't at all. <laughs> but I went to go see this because I love the cast and I love um, Africa as a director. And it delivered. To me, it still – I mean, it got me to care about a story I didn't think I would be able to care about. So if you want to go see it, it's a good watch. Matt Damon's great. Um But maybe you'll get more out of this if you're already invested in the whole legend of Michael Jordan or, you know, basketball. But it's basically about how Nike was able to, you know, hook up with Michael Jordan and and have that whole campaign and how it changed the game and everything. But it's good. Um, Oh, but even though I kind of already explained it, let me just go ahead and read the the synopsis. Discover the game-changing partnership between a then-undiscovered Michael Jordan and Nike's fledging basketball division which revolutionized the world of sports and culture with the air jordan brand which of course we all know very well today continues to persist um how um was the pope's exorcist this i didn't get a chance to see let me just real quick um find the synopsis here this stars russell crowe this is directed by julius avery uh, Julius Avery uh, previously worked on projects. Oh, interesting! He directed uh, 2018's Overlord. Uh, that was the low-budget zombie film that featured, um, among other people, Wyatt Russell and Ian DeCastaker. Um, you
1: can tell. <laughs> okay,
0: I guess. It, um, yeah. So, uh, possession was only the beginning. Father Gabriel Armort, chief exorcist of the Vatican investigates a young boy's terrifying possession and ends up uncovering a centuries-old conspiracy the Vatican has desperately tried to keep hidden really the catholic church this hiding is, things from is, people that's <laughs> that's not
1: at all strange this is <laughs> i like this movie was completely not what i was mm-hmm. expecting i feel like obviously like you see the trailer and you see you know if you see this type of movie, you know that you're just going in for a horror movie, whatever, which it was that. And it was scary, obviously like, but I get scared of everything. So don't listen to me. <laughs> um, But it was like so much more than any of that. I guess like my best way to kind of describe it is think. Oh, like, well,
2: I, the way I described it, it was like, it's, think of it like an action movie only there's like no punching at all and so like it's just you just uh, (laughs) it's just this progression of like the demon taking over the kid's body but like it did you get this kind of like almost heroic moment with the priest where they like they finally stand up against the demon and all that and like send it back to hell and shit
1: think like um i guess uh like supernatural but like the church is like heroes i guess and no guns (laughs) And it's like a team up by the end of the what movie. What the fuck? <laughs> I had, like so much what? fun with this
2: movie. Okay. It it is it's it's a it's a horror movie, but like I was not scared at all. I just had like a right. lot of fun with like some with some of the jump scares that does happen and all that. Um uh-huh. and it's just like I don't know. I think we're just kind of used to these kinds of stories.
1: Like by the end of the movie, they have to go after all the other like demons that are like A part of this conspiracy.
2: (laughs) Usually, like, the best kinds of these stories of, like, you know, uh, either the priest or whoever they get that has to, like, expel the demon out of someone... Usually mm-hmm. by the end of it, you just kind of get like the sense of relief of like, oh okay, everyone's fine. We're gonna have like a happy ending. It's like no, this one, that's not it with this one. This one is kind of like yeah, get him like like I said, like it's like that action movie thing where like you know, like they're finally gonna like beat up on the bad guy and all that. And then at the very <laughs> end, they end it with like a um, there's still more to do. <laughs> it's like are you ready yeah, to go yeah, back yeah. to hell? <laughs> yeah. Literally, it ended with that line. It's like are you ready to go back to hell? And it's just.
1: Again, completely not what I was expecting, but it was really good. Like, we had a lot of fun with it. By the end of the movie, we were like, this is, like, actually pretty cool. And, like, halfway through the movie, because we knew that, like, not that it was leading up to them kind of um, going after them, but we knew that there was more to the Mm -hmm. story. Um, And, like, halfway through, I was like, I hope they make more, and I hope they go after (laughs) the other ones. (laughs) And then they ended it like that. I that like, sounds
0: more interesting than what I just read on this description. Like, yeah. wow! Yeah, everything no. that you described it's just kind of—it's just, yeah. I don't know. The film is a lot more surprising than what it, I think the mm, trailer yeah, would even suggest. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. like it's not a straight-up horror film. Yeah. There's a lot of action into no. it, and, and you're even describing what sounds like the beginning of a series.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Wow! It could be. Like, it could be like a comic book movie. <laughs> Damn.
0: Day.
2: Like a Hellboy
1: yeah. spinoff off or something? Of that <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Be, honestly. Yeah. It was, it was fun. I, I, I'd I recommend it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and Russell, and like also, because I was like, why is Russell Crowe in this? Like, <laughs> he has absolutely no business being in this. But then by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, okay, okay, I get it. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's not at all how I was expecting and also, this to go.
1: He, for the most part of this movie, is speaking in um Latin really? or Italian. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Like a lot of this movie half of this movie is like with subtitles. Mm.
0: There was a headline um that somebody was laughing at uh, on the weekend that um was saying something like, uh, cause it was a box office headline of the Pope's Exorcist and Mario, and that the two were engaging on Italian on Italian violence. <laughs> Which is funny.
1: <laughs> I mean you could kind of compare both of them. They go both go into like a weird movie. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> fighting a big man. <laughs>
0: Oh man, well, I might have to check this out then if I have a,
2: a minute Honestly, here. Yeah, Try to it's watch it really with like fun. Kyle Peter, but like really, it's a. It's
1: yeah. I feel like Peter would have, he would just be laughing his ass off the whole time.
0: Maybe, maybe. I'll I'll, I'll run it by him and see if he can give me, I don't know, a minute of his day, <laughs> considering how he is these days. Um, with that, uh, John Wick, chapter four. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to get into any spoilers here, but I will say this. I like all the John Wick films.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's my problem. At some point, I start to have a migraine because the action is spectacular. Do not misunderstand me. But those films are so relentless. Mm-hmm. They're mostly just like never-ending action stoppers. And at some point, my head will hurt in every single John Wick film. As it happened here in the 4th. I will say, I think from my perspective, this one, I feel I'm going to remember more than the other ones. I think they, in some areas have i think reached new highs as far as action is concerned i really liked a lot of the side characters in particular i especially enjoy donnie yen uh in this film he was awesome and um i have to say i think i like this one overall more than the other ones Hmm. so that's how i feel but then again I'm not somebody that, you know, thinks about the John Wick films all that often. I like them. I enjoy them. They don't live with me. Because to me, they never really offered much more to me besides just momentary enjoyment. Now, that may sound dismissive, but it's just how my engagement has been with them, you know? But overall, I mean, the cinematography, the production design, I'm... I mean, they blew it out of the water. So, I mean, there was even a Lawrence of Arabia reference in there when they have a, I think, a can, which you may not even know it is a reference unless you know it, but they blow a candle and then they transition to
2: uh,
0: a cut in the desert, I want to say. All in all, though, I thought it was a
2: great movie. David? Uh, no, yeah. I had a lot of fun with this. I, I've enjoyed all the John Wick movies and all that. Um, and um yeah for sure I think they had like a lot of peaks in the action uh in this movie but also I f- it's not that they went overboard with the action just on um I guess the, I guess they kind of over, over um oh my god what's the fucking word over overreached I guess you could say on some of the uh, things that John Wick goes through <laughs> um mm. I just I mean, I'll just say it, but like he falls off a building a couple of times and he's totally fine, and I'm kinda like, come on, you can you can tone that down a bit, like still kind of sure. try to ground it as much as you can, but like um, but overall though, like I still really like the action, especially with Diane, um he's fucking great, uh-huh, um, he's always fucking great in these action movies and all that um now, what I am looking
0: forward to because I love Anna de armas. If I'm not mistaken, they are moving forward with that ballerina film, right? When she's going to be starring in it. Mm-hmm. So an Anna de Armas action film in this world, that that gets me excited. Because she, for that one scene she was in, in No Time to Die, you know what she's capable of.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, she's I, got that great physicality to her.
2: I, I also really like the world of John Wick. So I'm, like, I'm really excited yeah. To yeah. what else is out there and all that. <laughs> um. There clearly is uh, several... Uh, ways you could explore that mm-hmm.
0: okay last but not least here um, what we're gonna do is we'll save the Japan trip for its own show yeah. uh, since we've already been here a while uh, and we'll conclude today with Mario have we all seen Mario here yes okay so let me go ahead and all right this is the Super Mario Brothers movie while working underground to fix a water main Brooklyn plumbers and brothers, Mario and Luigi, are transported down a mysterious pipe and wander into a magical new world. But then the brothers are separated. Mario embarks on an epic quest to find Luigi. I feel that if I had read the synopsis... Maybe I would have been a lot less confused in the first ten minutes <laughs> while watching this movie. Because I was like thrown I was thrown off. Like, why are they in quote unquote the real world? And they're like, oh, okay. Hmm. Then it ended up going into what it ended up being. Um I will say there's a really interesting conversation, also kind of um a tiresome conversation happening right now involving um fans of the film and their interaction with critics Mm -hmm. and like I don't know it it feels like the the response that people use in defense is well it's a Mario movie well it's a movie made for kids like why were you expecting this to be good or great Mm -hmm. and to me I've never liked that kind of defense for a movie like that's not i think the best way to go about it like because i feel like if you're using that argument to defend your film that really admit you're admitting that the film isn't that good to begin with
1: great so Mm -hmm. i don't
0: understand why that's the talking point that people are i'm also just very like grossed out by this I don't know audience versus critics score on Rotten Tomatoes that that it, it, it seems to be more of a trend now
2: mm-hmm. um which is it's just dumb because people keep saying all the times like oh it's Rotten Tomatoes you don't have to pay attention once but then people keep using it all the fucking time and it's like yeah, okay, if you don't yeah. want to take it seriously, which is it stop fucking using it
0: right <laughs> like w- w- which one are you yeah so anyway um that's a whole side thing that's happening right now and I don't know it it, it gets on my nerves anyway how did you guys like this movie it's getting dark in here go Mm -hmm. ahead continue
4: it is
0: (laughs) um I keep in mind of course I I may have already alluded to it but the the critics did not like this movie at all Mm -hmm. um but audience uh general audience seems to be loving this a lot so
1: um, I think that it is just a movie that you should have fun with. Um, I don't think that there's any deep revelation or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's pure no- nostalgia, yeah. which is fine. It's completely mm-hmm. fine. And because of that, it worked mm-hmm. for me, and I enjoyed it. But it's true that like you can't really say much about it, because like, things happen, but like yeah. not really... <laughs> Um, But it was just a lot of fun, and it's cool to see, you know, things from when we were little and stuff, and things that we used to play, like, on the screen. Um, So that's kind of how I see it.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I I love this movie so much. (laughs) I'm a big Mario (laughs) fan and all that. And, I mean, this movie, it's, like, this is, if everyone ever says, like, like it, this l- movie literally feels like a kid is just playing with all the Mario toys that he has <laughs> like that's really what this movie is for me and I, that's kind of what I love about it is because like yeah you have all this wild stuff in this world like use it and all that and try to come up with something uh, and it did would I have liked to have like gone a, st- a story with like more depth to it and all that absolutely but um, I'm happy with I'm so happy with what we got and all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I... I feel like the
0: nostalgia must be a big thing then. Because... And I thought I would have had some of it. But apparently, no. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I didn't have any nostalgia because... I thought the movie was fine. Honestly, I... And I, I wasn't bored.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But I found myself struggling to feel anything like it felt like a like i was watching the whole time it it felt like i was like seeing through the movie where it's like i can't I, i could picture in my head why certain decisions are made or why this line of dialogue was inserted um the animation looks great um uh, there were fun interactions with a lot of the characters. Uh, I think Jack Black is awesome yeah. um it, uh, Chris Pratt's voice seemed to go in and out with Mario like at some points it was more Italian yeah. and in some points it was I, I don't know what or more New York, I guess you could say
4: hmm. but like yeah. in, in
0: moments it, it kept going in and out, but I thought the cast was great. the characters looked great. um I love the look of the world. Uh, I love the and I want to see more of it. But it, Mm -hmm. it, for lack of a better way, you guys are correct. I mean, I think we're we're all coming away with the same estimation. I just, I I didn't enjoy it nearly as much. It it felt very basic, Mm -hmm. like unbelievably basic. And kind of like, to me, it it came across. But to be fair, like, that's how
1: the games are as well. Sure.
0: And like, um, if that's how you view it, that's fine. It, it it to me though it, it kind of left a lot to be desired. Like I, I didn't find a lot here that was making me go like, "This is good. I'm having a good time with this." Like it, it was mainly just like coasting and not going anywhere. It reminded me a lot of a, of a pilot for you know how sometimes animated shows have like. um they they make a big thing out of their pilot and they put it in movie theaters um mm. it reminded mm-hmm. me more like that like maybe like a first episode for like a series okay um,
1: yeah
0: i don't know i i wasn't in a bad mood watching it i just kind of and i i didn't <laughs> hate it i just kind of felt mostly blah for the totality of it you know i mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know what it is. Maybe I just feel like um clearly for whatever it was, it in my view didn't do a good enough job to make me care about much of what was going on. Now, the argument I think stands that well maybe you could see it through the lens of it feeling like if you like you were playing the game for real. Um I liked Charlie Day's Luigi yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I liked most of the characters here. Um, the stuff with Bowser worked. I thought really well. hmm Um, but I get—I just feel like they were really, for the most part of this movie, just barely scratching the surface. And I guess I just kind of like—I I, want to see more of the world. Um, and what more yeah. they could do. Mm-hmm. But we'll get five more of these. So. I Guess we'll get it eventually, <laughs>
1: <Okay>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: hopefully, in the next ones, they'll probably make uh better storylines for it or something. I don't know, but I mean, overall, though, like I'm just kind of happy that they kind of <laughs> just got the world right at least with this,
0: yeah. Because, like, to me, like, I, I, they, they definitely did, and a lot of the film, as you guys said yourself, featured a lot of nostalgia for sure. Mm-hmm. But I guess if, if, if it, that's why I said maybe I'm not so nostalgic for it, because to me, it, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. But from what I have seen, though, the reaction to this is really overwhelming. Um, that people really, really, really wanted to see a Mario movie. And that's what happened.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that was like the main thing that me and David would play like growing mm. up. So, like a lot of the sound beats, a lot of like the small, like, um, I guess, like things to point out different games and stuff that we were just kind of mm. like, oh my god, there's that. Um, so I don't know, that that's what made it fun for me. Like, when uh, Luigi gets a phone call and it's the GameCube intro, um, is it? I you didn't know. even, yeah, it's a you didn't catch that. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It's a, and then they had like um uh, the when he's in like the scary woods, they had like the Luigi's mansion uh music. But that that's also like a complaint of mine that why did they they have such like a such recognizable songs? Why did they use normal songs? Yeah. <laughs> It just felt super mm, out of especially, place. Like pop music? But it's also like pop eh? music, you mean? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It es- it was especially weird. Uh,
2: when they went to the Kong Kingdom and you know all that. Like they, I can't remember. Weren't
0: what... they using "Holding Out for a Hero"?
2: What did they?
1: No. Well, yeah, they did when Mario was training.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was just I... weird, and they did use it for the uh, King Kong stuff. King Kong, King Kong. Um, what the yeah Kong. Dog, dog
2: and con. only when they uh made it to like you know, when you first see like the kingdom and all that and, you know they i can't remember what song they added but they did and i was kind of like excited for that moment because um i don't play a lot of dog and con games so i was kind of like oh this is gonna be new territory for me but then they added a, a pop song and i'm like oh really
4: <laughs> mm-hmm
0: Anyway, it'll be playing in theaters all year long. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It keeps up um, the success that it's raking in here. Um, Anything else to say for you today, guys? Nah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for being here. And thank you all listening. A reminder, you can catch our podcasts every single Sunday. Stay under our spotlight for more content and more as the weeks go by. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.